job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome into the Friday Husker Tailgate, November 4th, 2022. I am Jack Mitchell along with Caleb Henry. Mike Schaefer joins us shortly. Kenny Larrabee in studio running our video, which you can watch, by the way, facebook.com slash 1400KLIN. Another way to take in the show with a little more visual stimulation, some, uh, some audio from in between the segments, a little extra content for you there as well. And uh, glad to have you with us today. Well, one week ago, we were looking ahead to the final games of the season, and we were asking the questions... Will Nebraska be able to slow down these run-heavy teams? Will Nebraska be able to run the ball itself against these defenses that have stopped the run on the pass? Will Nebraska be able to pull off some wins against these traditionally styled Big Ten West football teams? That was the question we were asking a week ago before Illinois. And while largely those questions do remain... A new, bigger question supplants those questions. Namely, who in the heck is going to take the snaps for Nebraska football tomorrow and the rest of the season? And how will that impact the offense's ability to really, whether it's run, pass, gain yards at all, period, how will that impact any of that? And here we are, a little less than 24 hours in front of the game, and it's probably fair to say that we still don't have a ton of those answers. Welcome to Minnesota Week. The Huskers in Minnesota get going today. Uh, tomorrow, I should say, at 11 a.m., uh, we are going to have a forecast for this game that is not beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> That's going to be different Rusty already. Dawkins is very giddy about the lack of comfort you all will have at the game. <laughs> He's going to be very excited about that. He will share share that with us during the draft today. How will that impact Nebraska's offense in addition to all the other, obviously, concerns that are out there? Will Nebraska have to throw throw the ball? Will they be able to throw the ball over the field? We're asking that question in Fantasy Huskers, which you can get a keyword for at 635 and 810. Asking the questions, how many completions does Nebraska have in the game against Minnesota? Uh, I'll give you a preview of what Minnesota's bringing to the table. Who is this Gopher team? How do they compare to the other Big Ten West teams Nebraska is facing down the stretch? Heck, how do they compare to what Illinois did to Nebraska last week? And what is the deal with being called the Gophers? Seems like not the mascot you would pick if you had a choice of all of them. Well, we'll tell you why they picked them. Do they have, because we've gone through several of them, because wasn't wasn't Rutgers originally like the Queensmen? Was was that them? Yes, because they were Queens College. Yeah. There have been some really good mascots 
that just schools haven't kept around. Yeah. We'll 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 get into that. The I'm a little surprised though that Gophers was the did not get into go into that heap of mascots that didn't get kept around, mm-hmm. both for the state and the school itself. So I'll tell you that during opposition opposition I should say disposition. Um, Jeff Mall will join us. We got, we got we got a lot coming up today, but let's get to where we are today for Nebraska football. And I want to spend a little bit more time later in the show delving into exactly what we know and what we don't know about the coaching search, what the timeline is likely to look like for the next few weeks. Can we just spend the entire 710 segment on yesterday? We we may do that. We may do something (laughs) like that. And I will, again, I will clarify what we know and what we don't know and what all of those things mean for the timing of the next few weeks. But first and foremost, let's get to the game tomorrow. Nebraska struggled versus Illinois, particularly after Casey Thompson went out. So naturally, the first question that a lot of fans have going into this week is, is Casey Thompson out again? Now, you've got kind of a You've got kind of an odd situation with with Casey Thompson this year in that if you listen to what the coaches have said, do exactly what they've said from Saturday Mm -hmm. to Sunday to Tuesday to Thursday, it sounds like you've got coaches who have been increasingly optimistic. I don't know if... Increasingly optimistic is the word. More op, uh, more optimistic than they were the last time that they spoke about Casey Thompson's potential availability for the game. For instance, you had Mickey Joseph saying on on Sunday on his TV show uh, that he didn't expect him to play, mm-hmm. but that he hoped that he would. Tuesday, he said day to day. It was a day to day situation. Uh, when the see uh Wednesday was it? You heard you had Whipple, Whipple talking about the fact that he had practiced but was not completely re- ready to go in full, and then just the last thing that we've got was that yesterday there was talk that he will be a game time decision, and now, that that he himself Casey Thompson is saying I'm ready, and right. obviously they have to at the end of the day, and this was something that uh, that. Uh, that the coach was talking about saying it's his decision at the end of the day. It's Mickey Joseph's decision. Right. But the player has to say they're ready. And that part is medically happened. and that, that part's been cleared. And they've gone through practice, so they've been obviously medically clear, cleared for some stuff. But you're right, it went over the course of the week. Every time we heard them talk, the prognosis got better. Now, all of that said, for some reason, <laughs> you talk to those people who are covering the team daily, who who tend to be in the know about this team, or you listen to what the coaches are really saying after they say what they're saying about Casey playing, and it sounds like they're preparing a game where Casey isn't going to play. My confidence did not change at a single press <laughs> conference this week that Casey Thompson is not going to play this week. See, that's the odd thing, even though, even though the descriptions... <laughs> seem to change and become a little more optimistic every day. What you're saying seems to be the norm for those who are covering the team. Now, if he plays, let's let's play that scenario out. I think Casey Thompson playing obviously gives Nebraska the best chance to win. That's not going out there on a limb at all. 
I still just don't see him playing tomorrow because of the way he left the game, because of the way it was talked about initially. And you look at that and you know Mickey Joseph's uh, relationship with Casey Thompson. You know that, and not just the relationship that he had pre-Nebraska and that, that he knew his dad and all of those things, but the way Mickey Joseph has talked about all of these players, how he's going to be looking out for their best interests long-term. It's not going to be this one game where everything rides on this one right here. Because of that, and the initial description of the injury, leads me to believe Casey Thompson will not play tomorrow. That's And like I said, what you are saying seems to be, and, and we'll see what Mike has to say, but that seems to be the thought of uh, of of most people who are regularly covering this program um and, and the other thing you could add on to that Caleb in terms of why that might be the case is a, a thought that if he's not going to play you're still not going to come out and say that even oh for sure the the the, the closer that you get to the game there certainly is a reason to continue to sow doubt into who is going to be that quarterback. Could it be Casey? Could it be one or both of the backups? Obviously, you don't need me to explain that it's a little more difficult to prepare for if you're Minnesota and you don't know who the quarterback is because those three quarterbacks are all, you know, kind of different offenses (laughs) in, in some ways. Yeah, I'm going to defend, if I'm the defensive coordinator, and obviously this week, Minnesota, I'm going to defend all three of those quarterbacks in a different way. You know what you're getting out of Casey Thompson, and what that is is you're going to want to take away him throwing the ball up to Trey Palmer downfield. So you're going to set up safety a little bit deeper. With Chubba Purdy, even though still with all of these quarterbacks, you're going to bring pressure. So that's a given from the onset. With Chubba Purdy, you're going to bring some guys closer to the line because he does. he seemed a little rattled last week. You're going to want to take away any quick passes where he can get into a rhythm. And you know he's going to want to get out of the pocket and move and be kind of a Brett Favre gunslinger guy. So you're going to want to get hits on him. Logan Smothers, it's going to be an option game. You're going to want to just get up and get hits on him. So And you're not really going to be worried about a deep pass downfield because he hasn't shown that he can do that. So you're defending all three of them differently. And if you can have the gamesmanship as the week goes on to say, well, there's the possibility of all three, so you don't just have to prepare for one. It's not just preparing for those two. You really got to make sure at some point you're covering what all three of the quarterbacks can do. Yeah. Uh, let, let's see what uh, Mike Schaefer is is thinking, Mike. The, the, the fact that you did seem to hear a little more optimism each day from the coaching staff about Casey's availability, yet there still seems to be a sense not only among people who cover the team, but just kind of in the comments that follow those comments, that Casey, they're very much preparing for Casey not to play, despite those posit- those those sort of went from, I don't think he's going to play, to day-to-day, to game-time decision throughout the course of this week. What's yeah. going on here? I, I definitely think that uh, Caleb's right, that there's a level of gamesmanship sort of going on with it. I mean, I I also think that you just probably don't, necessarily know even thursday where that nerve is at in terms of you know does he have the ability to grip the football how he wants does he have the ability to throw how he wants does it change like does cold weather make a you know does that cause any kind of issues now it looks like saturday is going to be better i'll let i'll let the draft index tell us thank you that's why we have it um so uh you know 
and it's it's another it's another Saturday of Nebraska football, so of course it should be really nice, right? Like One would think it might be chilly though this time. You're yeah. right. If if cold weather is going to be an issue, that that might right. We might be in the 40s. Here. So, um, you know, I, I I think that it makes sense for Nebraska to kind of slow play it too, instead of basically be like, yeah, Chubba's going to be our guy, or right? He's going to be our guy. So, from a a strategy standpoint, I understand. Kind of what they're doing. I mean, the the biggest thing, and the thing that I go back to, and I'm sure we're going to have audio of it, and so I won't belabor it, but they made the decision to play a guy in the second half last week that wasn't healthy coming out of a bye week, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's not like he played a ton of snaps against Purdue. So I don't know when he got hurt, how he got hurt, what got hurt, or why he hadn't been practicing. But that was the decision that they had made for the second half last week, which still remains. Right. It's not like you you turned on the film and it looked better mm-hmm. at any point. Yeah. So, uh, I, honestly, anything could happen on yeah. Saturday. And, and if we if if we are at the point where we all kind of suspect that it's very unlikely that Casey can go, then the next question is, okay, then what? After what we saw last week and you you bring up there's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here about what exactly is the philosophy of the use of the backups on this team because to go back and you all know this is what happened but logan smothers comes in during the first half against illinois Mm -hmm. goes three and out okay um he doesn't that then there's uh there there are no more offensive drives then for nebraska Go into halftime, and at that point, Mickey Joseph tells the TV the TV crew that they're going to go with Logan Smothers in the second half, which which ABC ESPN reports. Uh, was it Luganville who was doing the game? And he he reported oh, that Logan Smothers is going to be the guy. They go into halftime. They have halftime. Comes out, talks to the radio network, and tells Jessica Cootie that it is going to be. Uh, Chubba Purdy, who is going to be going in. The question is, what changed exactly? Did something change? Was there was there a discussion at halftime? Was there a change of heart? Was it just the wrong name was said during those times or the timing of the reports were weird? But obviously something changed. R- regardless of what was said to whom, you went with Logan Smothers at one point, and then you went with Chubba Purdy later. And you never went with Logan Smothers again, even after the Chubba thing clearly wasn't working for five or six drives. And so, again, you ask that question. And then you hear later what Mike said, that there may have been injury issues with Chubba Purdy. Yeah, that he like missed a couple days of practice and didn't get a ton of reps going into that game. The obvious question is, why would you not? Why would you not at some point, even if you gave Chubba the first shot, first couple of shots, you know, three drives in, that game's still not technically over. Yeah. Why aren't you why aren't you trying Logan Smothers? At well, that point? then then you then you compare that with remember earlier in the year you saw Casey Thompson miss a couple of guys and immediately go to get benched and Chubba Purdy come in and so if Chubba you got into scoring position and he scrambles out of there and throws across his body and it's a bad interception. Why is it not the same thing there where you go, well, we need him to watch a drive and yeah. got to get Logan out there for this next one. 
Right. And listen, I'm not even say, this is not me saying I'm sure had Logan Smothers gone in, things had been different. That might have looked really bad, too. I, mean, I am don't know. saying that. You I am so? 100% saying that because uh, well, the alternative is believing that Nebraska's best offense was capable of 15 yards passing and, like, 12 yards rushing. What are they? How many right. total yards did they have? Like 27? He was uh, under 30. He was under, I thought it was under, was in, I was going to say under 50 after, no, after easily, the injury. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I feel comfortable saying that another quarterback would have had the opportunity to put up the exact same numbers or better. Well, because that was the worst backup performance we've seen yeah, in Memorial was... Stadium since Joe Bowserman graced us in 2011. <laughs> yeah, it and, was, and it was I, hard like, to believe. I don't want to like pick apart Chubba Purdy. But they went to him, and you need more than a guy who throws a pass for, you know, throws an awkward shovel pitch for two of his completions mm-hmm. and an eight-yard gain to Demarcus Washington. Like, you have to get more right. in that situation. And maybe he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 but and maybe he, he would like, practice. That decision, you know, between Mickey and Whipple, they have to figure out who is going to give us an opportunity. It was clear after the interception that Chubba Purdy was not going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it was clear. I, it, mm-hmm. yeah. This isn't, this wasn't hindsight. This was like watching in the moment this guy, who we've seen multiple times this year, never looked comfortable at any point, went on the field, is not going to give you a chance to win. And they determined in the third quarter, we're good with that. Let's keep going. With Why it. could and would that be? I don't though? know. The it's, only thing I can think of that, is if Chuba took limited reps, Logan took none. That, like I, I, or the game plan just did not allow for them to use him. And yet, at the same time, like at some point, you have to scrap. Right. What you? I just you might have everything built out as to what you want to accomplish. And that all goes out the window when Casey Thompson's throw is fluttering up in the air and he's down crumpled in the heap again. I can't like I can't even imagine like take the last drive or the second to last drive. Like what the downside of saying, you know what, let's who would be saying no to trying Logan Smothers in I don't that know. situation? That's my question. Who's saying no to that? And 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 Mickey's explanation after the game was, well, we went with Logan because we thought we we're gonna have to pass the ball. Earlier, we thought maybe we, get, we were going to have some quarterback Chubba. run game. Or, excuse me, we went with Chubba because yeah. we thought we were going have to have to pass the ball. Keep in mind, they were getting the kickoff in the second half, and they were down by 11. <laughs> okay? Right. They were not. It feels like. It they feels, got the ball at the 20-yard line. It feels like a blowout now after the fact in yeah. the game, but they were getting the ball. If you go right down the field and score somehow in that situation, this is uh, this is absolutely a toss-up game at this point, or close to a toss-up game. It was not it was not a scenario where I was looking at the beginning of the third quarter and saying, "Well, Nebraska's got to get the passing game going now. We got to, you know, they got to have some quick drives." There's a whole half of football, and you're down eleven, and you get the ball. Yeah, they when, when you you like look that, at it now and you go. 17 points ends up feeling like a lot because of how much clock they were able to burn. Right. But coming out of halftime, all you had to do was go score, yeah. get a stop, what? and you're in it. I don't Even care if, if you're, you're passing, had... running, however you can do it. I don't care if you take a a, a, a service academy 11-minute drive and score seven. Same thing. It, yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's the best result. Well, and again, they got the ball at the twenty. Like off of a gift of a fumble, mm-hmm. and you have to get points there. I mean, I the only thing I can think of, and this is this is giving a ton of grace to the idea that this could be true, 
is that they've watched Logan practice for all of the spring and the fall, and maybe he just hasn't been good in practice. Maybe Chubba's been better than him in practice. And that's all and well and fine. It could but they watch the same third quarter as everyone else. They watch the same fourth quarter as everyone else. And if the decision on Saturday is to still start Chubba Purdy, it has to tell you that he must be very good in practice. Man. Or I don't know what else it is. Because yeah, what every time he's been there? in a game, even the Oklahoma game where they had the touchdown, like he looked so uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the pocket. And I, I can understand why. I also have eyes that see the offensive line yes. does not does not <laughs> yeah. provide a uh, a nice security. He was under some you know, pressure, yeah. Blanket, if you will. But you have to get more. Like if you're the the thing that kind of blows my mind. I thought Nebraska's defense played the sort of game it needed to play. Totally agree. I mean, it it, totally it they played gave good Nebraska enough to win that the game. opportunity to yeah. win the game, and the offense completely. And I I understand backup quarterback and all of that. Great defense from Illinois on the other side, and yet in the second quarter you're leading nine to six before that interception. You basically have them on their heels. Like yeah. Illinois. Did not really know how to defend or how to attack Nebraska at that point in the second quarter. Then the interception happens, then a quick touchdown. And then if Logan Smothers just gets a first down, Mm -hmm. they probably don't score before Mm -hmm. halftime. Is Illinois' defense really that good? I don't know. I I do this every year with Big Ten West teams. Yes, like, because you they, play they, a they certain schedule. Good offenses, right? I, watching on, they've gotten a lot of backup quarterbacks. Watching on Saturday, Nebraska was leading that game. Let's take it right up to one play before right. the Casey Thompson interception. He was seven for fourteen, not playing well, right. and Nebraska was winning. Yeah, you, all you have to have if you have a competent offense. This is not an elite defense. Yeah, everyone wanted to point to, well, this shouldn't be something that that stains the possibility of Mickey Joseph getting the job because you look at it, it's the number one defense. The boys came out and played tough. That's not a great defense. They might have really good rankings for where their statistics are, but if you went and you had a bunch of NFL draft guys look at Illinois' defense versus 10 others, you start looking at Ohio State, you start looking at Michigan, you start looking at a few in the SEC, Illinois is going to be outside of the top 10 for just dudes and what an elite defense is. If you are a competent offense, and Nebraska was was sitting right there on competent up until Casey Thompson yeah. left. Yeah. Uh, foreshadowing, Caleb uh, may be looking at Michigan State for his upset pick this week against Illinois. Hmm? Perhaps. I think they're getting like 18 points. Perhaps. We'll see. I went way off the board on the upset pick. So so far off the board, I've already forgot what I said. <laughs> is off the board. Hey, far enough off the board that you say, who are they against? Someone in the Northeast? Far enough that when we All get right. to this segment, I will get my phone out and say, what did I email Kenny? <laughs> we'll just look at the screen and see what logo Kenny puts up. Like, oh, yeah, that one. Well, I'll react to it like... Show me my upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break right now. We got plenty of audio from this week. Uh, we'll delve into coming up on the sound off next at six twenty nine Friday Husker tailgate on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, guns toward the end zone passes, caught touchdown. Think fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Myron. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. But first, Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Let's play a little Fantasy Huskers keyword for you to text in on the Rickstown Recognition text line 402-479-1400 to get pick number nine is... Minneapolis. Oh, God. M-I-N-N-E-A-P-O-L-I-S. Yeah, you got it. You know. Minne- I know. Capital M. Text that in right now. You don't need to capitalize. Text that in right now to the Rickstown Recognition text on 402-479-1400. You'll be put in a pool of people, one of which, uh, one of whom will be selected to make pick number nine in Fantasy Huskers. And we are asking, now we're going to put Mike Schaefer on the spot to make the pick and see how he would stack up against the competition. How many pass completions does Nebraska have against Minnesota in the game on Saturday? How many completions among by any quarterback or any player in fact how many completions do they have mike your guess would be uh i think everyone's gonna go probably a little low so well maybe not i don't know the first number that came to mind was 16 oh that is low that's 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 low that would be one of our lowest wouldn't it here are the guesses okay panhandle steve 23 okay that's the top okay Tina, 22. Chris and Olathe, 20. Chicken Rich, 18. Harry, the Antenna Guy, 17. Catherine, 16. Craig, 15. Sean, 13. All right. We're just... We're just so there's down. a 21s available in there, I think. Yeah. yeah. And a 19. I, I'm just... Pl- you know what, though? I'm just going at the top right now. 24? Thing. Yeah. I'm getting the top to infinity if I've got to pick strategically. Yeah, here. strategically. Right. That'd, that'd if be a pretty good way to go. Yeah, the first number, though, that came to mind was 16, I think. Part of it because Minnesota's going to just bleed clock from the opening oh, possession, God. and they're just going to try to shorten this game. God, the way we describe these games, e- even before Casey was hurt, just it doesn't market them as being very exciting to watch. Big Ten West football is <laughs> I mean, not exactly when something you say you... things like, "Oh, they're going to bleed out most of the Do you game." Want the, the best thing that could happen to Nebraska football. Is UC- USC and UCLA joining the conference and the divisions going away? Maybe. I, at least in terms of the viewability of some of these games. Just perhaps. The, the overall brand of what has been oh, become God. the Big Ten West. I mean, I've seen enough. I've seen enough drives where, uh, and, and I think Mike was right. I think the defense played well enough to win the game, but still, you've got a drive that starts on Illinois' own 20 
and they get three-yard carries all the way up to the other 30, and then they kick a field goal. Yeah, it's just not... Jack, uh, they got the ball with nine minutes left. In the, I know we got to get the sound off. They got the ball with nine minutes left in the game. They punted with three minutes left, and they hadn't reached the 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Minnesota had like an 18-play touchdown drive. Against Rutgers. Against Rutgers, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it wasn't even, yes. I mean, I, I don't even know how long it was. It wasn't like it went 99 yards or right. anything. Right. Our service academies are like, that's a nice drive. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to become a, would you like to become your don't own? Don't you feel like you need an extra person in the backfield to really <laughs> right. accomplish that? What, about, what do we think Minnesota schools of preparatory armed forces might look like? They're trying to That'd get. Be good. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, are people honking for monking? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He showed up on one of those lists. Oh, yeah. man. All right, let's get to the sound oh, off because we got plenty to talk about with that. But. Uh, well, here was Mickey Joseph's opening statement on Tuesday. Okay, tough loss on Saturday. <laughs> you know, the, the boys really hurt after this one, so the coaches. But um, this week, we just had to get back to work. You know, I'm confident that they'll come back and bounce back this week. We talked this morning, and they guarantee me that they, they're still ready to go. They're ready to get after it. And, and be the best team on Saturday. <clears throat> this time of year, you, you, you know, we're dealing with a lot of injuries. So we have the next next man up mentality like we talk about every week. You know, in, and in this conference, you know, you've seen it last week with Illinois, you got to play 60 minutes of solid football. And we show lapses of doing it. But to win games, you got to play a full 60 minutes. That's what we got to get the guys to do. Play the full 60 minutes. All right. So, got to be the best team on Saturday. Got the next man up mentality. Got to play a full 60 minutes. He's ready to be a head coach. <laughs> he's, he's got all the sayings he, down. He went down the Rolodex. <laughs> Today, right? that press conference is the day Mickey <laughs> Joseph became the is next it, head coach. The thing I locked in the most is I think he says. Illinois? Yeah, I he noticed does. that too. He does. Okay. All right. yes, that, I that was my big takeaway. I, I, yeah. so that's people. why I'm on this show. As my dad Thank would you. say, it's a quiet state. <laughs> well, you, you lived in Illinois for a while. Did ever did uh, a lot of people say that? Don't. <laughs> Stop that's, it. There's, all right, fine. Pronounce it like uh, uh, Okay. All right, so that was the opening statement, <laughs> basically displaying that there was some coach speak there. All right, what else do we have, Caleb? Give me something with some content. Give me something with some meat, if you would. Oh, you you want you want some? Meat? I want some meat. I'm All hungry right, for well, meat. I know you want to talk quarterbacks, but let's talk offensive line first because Jalen Weaver has moved over to that side of the ball. Mm. He came to me. He came to me, so he called me at, um, on a Saturday afternoon on off week and said, "I want to meet with you." So. I I was happy that he said he wanted to get over there and help us. I think he's going to be a really good old lineman once Donnie gets him and trains him a little bit. Tackle or guard? Tackle. All right. Do you Mike? think the tackles have needed some help? Uh, this What's is, this guy's background? This guy, Jalen Weaver, is one of the largest human beings to ever play for Nebraska football. I believe that sounds good. Six foot eight. Uh, I mean, I think he showed up right around 380 pounds or so uh when he first arrived on campus okay. i know conditioning has been a little bit of a a battle um early in his career i mean he's a he's a huge huge individual that 
initially the idea was, okay, you want to stick him on your defensive line and he can eat up three offensive linemen himself. So uh, maybe this, you put him on your offensive line and he eats up three defensive linemen. I don't know that it works quite the same way, but it's uh, it's another defensive lineman that Scott Frost and Nebraska recruited that moved to the offensive line. Um, part of the issues that Nebraska has had They've never replaced those defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't view this as a great thing because mm-hmm. it's yet another admission that they've completely failed on defensive line recruiting and also failed on offensive line recruiting because they're moving their defensive linemen to offensive line. Um, but he's a big body. And it's this isn't anything that's going to help in 2022. He's going to need the whole offseason season. And the spring, Long and if he continues to to reshape his body, like he's he's got size that you can't you know you can't teach that. Mm-hmm. It's whether he can be nimble enough and move around enough. But the the big takeaway to me is that Nebraska has a three year stretch where they're going to get one to two players out of their defensive line recruiting. Uh. That's a huge miss for a program. And it's a reason why a defensive coordinator and a head coach aren't on it. And then in a the program, right? Now. In addition to that, Mike, not only that, but then you go back to the offensive line, and you've got what, you, what you've told us, and other people have said who know offensive line better than I do, saying you've got you've got guards playing tackle, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you you <laughs> so, have Turner Corcoran who struggled again on Saturday uh, at, at various times playing tackle, and he needs to be a guard. I mean, Bryce Benhart has struggled and. I don't know what exactly you do there because I don't know that he gets a whole lot better if you move him to guard. You have right. to go get tackles. I mean, so that part of part of the bye week for them was to go out and, and recruit some some junior college offensive linemen, and they're hoping that those guys are going to either A, commit here, or B, you get one or two of them, and they can come in and play. But it's a, it, it's a mess. Like, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to say good things about what has happened in the trenches on the field, but it's easy to point to how they got there right. by what's and, gone on off the field. And the, I mean, the offensive line is what's confusing, though, because they've gone out and gotten highly rated guys. They just haven't performed, and they're playing out of position. And that's not necessarily the case on the defensive no, line, though. No, they, they didn't get enough guys. All right, well, uh, Caleb, what else do we have? All right, you want to talk quarterbacks. Here we go. Uh, we got a pretty good clip. Ooh, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, Mickey Joseph talks about Chubba Purdy. I, I spoke to Chubba. Chubba just has to settle down. He has to breathe at that position. He can't. He can't let his emotions take over. He's got to be a true leader out there. And I thought he was trying to make plays, but he got. He's got to understand the situation that we was in at that time when he threw the pick. That we already have. We already have three points. So let's make the score twenty to twelve. You throw a pick and they go up and they kick a field goal and now they up twenty twenty three to nine. So he's got to understand situations. And I thought he had a really good day today, just talking to him. Chubba's a kid that we got to talk to every play. Sometimes you don't want to do that with quarterbacks, but it's a little different with Chubba. Chubba's got to talk, and he's young. Chubba's young. He's a young quarterback. Now I hold a bunch of reps. So we got to make sure this week that we do a really good job with him, reminding what situation he's in. And if it's not there, throw it away. If it's not there, run. Don't slide. He, he plays nervous sometimes, and I just want him to breathe and, and calm down because he plays better. If you go back to his high school film, he's playing with a lot of confidence. You can go back and watch that. You can see him playing with poise. He's got to have more poise behind the center when he goes in the game. He, he wants to make a play so bad that, you know, he makes a bad play. 
And he's not trying. He just makes a bad play. So we got to calm him down. We got to do a better job as coaches to get him ready. And it starts with me. Well, I can't say that engendered a lot of confidence. <laughs> well, that tells me he practices go. a lot better than he plays. Is that what it is? That, yeah. It has to be. Because otherwise, if, if, you can, if you can acknowledge that he looks skittish on the field, there has to be a reason that he is ascended into the spot that he's in. And it shouldn't be his high school film because mm-hmm. that's not particularly relevant when you're going against uh, Illinois' defense that Caleb Henry just completely disparaged for even existing. <laughs> Did so? I, I, I mean, like, and and the thing is, he's not. At no point has he looked comfortable this year. Yeah, like. He he started games in his career. I was gonna say I just had to. I just went back to his Florida State. Yeah, he he was in because uh, I wondered was that the first time that he had seen meaningful action? No, he was in three games. Started a game against Florida State. No, uh, he started for Florida State or for Florida State. I should say yes. He was on the he was on the team as a true freshman. Started at North Carolina State. 15 for 23 for 181 yards and right. two touchdowns. Not 54 not yards and 12 carries. But, we would have taken it right. on Saturday. <laughs> right. And so I don't, he's not looked like a guy that has played before. Yeah. Like every time he comes onto the field, it feels like he looks like someone just getting his feet wet. And I don't understand where that comes from. And again, like these guys want to win. They're not, I, I saw a lot of, oh, well, Chubba's Mark Whipple's boy. Well, he might be. You know what Whipple wants? Whipple wants to win a football game. You know what Mickey Joseph wants? Mickey wants to win a football game. They're, they're not going to self-sabotage because some guy's their quote-unquote boy. So he has to look pretty good when he has these reps, or at least better than Logan looks, in the practice. Right. <laughs> they're, they're not going out of their way to purposely look worse. And so they, you know, that quote to me seems like Mickey's a little bit at a loss as to why he looks one way. And then when on Saturday he's playing, he can't breathe. He's struggling. He's, you know, go go back to the the legendary football movie, The Replacements. It looks like quicksand mm-hmm. for, for Chubba Purdy every time he's out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they uh, need him to be Shane Falco. I, I- I actually had to go back and look to see if he played at Florida State, and he played, you know, and it wasn't it. Even in 2019, he played against UMass for Florida State, but in 2020, he was up against teams like NC State and Pitt and yeah. and Louisville. He, so the, those the were the games that he was too big, exactly. But that's what it looked like. It looked, yeah. like, and that's what yeah. Mickey Joseph sounds like he's talking about. Yep, Is that, it sounds like a. And uh, I'm he's, not, he's basically saying it's all between the ears. I'm, yeah. And I'm not saying which does not give you a ton of confidence for Saturday. By and the you way. know who started a Big Ten game and hasn't looked like it, the moment was too big for him, right? Uh, Logan Smothers. Yes. And that's that's why I keep coming back to so, Chuba has to look a certain he way has to at look practice, that much better in practice, and or Logan just has to really be struggling. In Let me ask this though, Logan. Obviously, the 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 weapon that he's got, and when he started against Iowa, we saw this was what he can do in in the quarterback run game. Okay, more so than Chuba. Uh, like there's a there's a part of me that says, okay, maybe it's just that they don't have you, you, you know the the Whipple offense just doesn't have the 
can you just not have the play design or have practiced those kinds of plays or that kind of offense or be ready to go with that? I mean, we How saw, much of an issue could that be? We saw in the same game they ran action that looked like a triple option. Like they have stuff in the the package that they can use. They run zone reads. Right. Like you can you can do these things. Even with if Logan's just mothers. scrambling on passes, and you can't tell me you made a decision strictly for trying to move the ball through the air when the guy went three for eight for fifteen yards. Yeah, it, not, it, it's it, not like he and Trey Palmer. Which we'll get into. Trey Palmer was open and he couldn't hit him. I mean, that was the story of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is listening to the Illinois, you know, journalists talk about how great the defense was, and you're like, well, Trey was open here. Trey right. was open here. Even when Casey Trey got was underthrown in. here, Trey even got when, overthrown there. Even when Casey was in. right, yeah. yeah. It's like with all the respect I can muster for Sidney Brown or whoever was covering him, Trey Palmer was open. He just didn't get the ball. They couldn't get him once. If you take Casey Thompson 7-for-14 before that last interception and you say he hits Trey on three of those, Nebraska is up 16-6. to Well, I just go back to that possession where they're, they're sitting there with a the ball at the 20 going in and you have three straight throws and one of them, um, he, you know, he goes to Casey, throws it out of bounds, better throw there, potential touchdown. Yeah, it was like the little post corner. Yeah, The, the second one he throws to Vokalek where, <laughs> you know, Trey Palmer's <laughs> wide open. Mm-hmm. So better, if, a better decision there, you know, at least a first down. The third down was a miscommunication, and I don't know if it if they're both on the same page, if that looks better, but Travis Vokalek's breaking open in the middle of the field for an easy first down, and if he breaks a tackle, it might have been the same result that you got on the 56-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we can woulda, coulda, shoulda. But there was definitely it was not a good Casey game either, which makes me wonder right. if Illinois secondary does a nice job disguising looks or pre-snap they had him thrown off because he he did not look good at any point. No. Even the touchdown to Vokalek was a little bit fortuitous <laughs> uh, versus just you know straight skill there. Yeah, uh, then it was just straight up Travis Vokalek speed after after some point. You can't teach that. <laughs> no, no. One other thing I'll say about this real quick: we talked about quarterback. I mean. It's interesting because it looks, and, and maybe I don't know about, enough about X's and O's, but it looks like a bunch of time when Casey's in, they're running what looks like zone read option, but it always ends up going to the running back. Yeah, as Brunt almost says, a, you've almost, never seen Casey just hold Almost every single time. Like, let's just do that with Logan Smothers for a while except and see what happens. Right, except right. sometimes give it. Maybe that's would do something and yeah. even opening up the running game for test Anthony Grant. And I, I just refuse to believe that you don't have the capability. If if Logan Smothers has looked good enough at practice, you should. He's running the same offense as everybody else. Yeah. It's not like when he comes in to take a rep, you're like, all right, we're going to the Logan playbook. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you got? One more. Last one here. <laughs> and I'm so just frustrated. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> I'm just going to let this one play itself. Did you get a chance to talk with Trey? I mean, one catch for one yard. He was obviously getting guarded pretty tight by good DVs, but, I mean, how did he sort of feel like he played? Okay, repeat that question again, because remember, you got me last time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really sorry. No, you're good. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joking with you. That was my fault. But you need to come to the class that I have to go to so you can learn the rules also. <laughs> Now go ahead, say it. Repeat your question. I'm sorry. I'm just joking with you, man. I got you. <laughs> uh, it's really funny, actually. Uh, the context for those that didn't know that from a week ago, that particular reporter asked Mickey Joseph about Mal- Malachi Coleman, and it is an NCAA violation for a coach to talk about a prospective student athlete who has not signed yet. And Mickey said Malachi talked about him by name. 
it's going to be a big nothing, but here you can see, obviously, there's a lot of humor still happening. They haven't barred the reporter from the press conferences. That's good. And Mickey, just like, right, it's those types of things right there that endear him to a fan base. Yeah. Wait, does he have to go to, like, stop class or something? Basically, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Is that what is it online? Stop mm-hmm. class for head coaches. <laughs> they don't recruiting. let you split it over two nights like I did back in two thousand six. Does it you get the points taken off your uh, yeah. your driving I, record then? I think it was in a building right over here by the station. <laughs> I think like they do right across the street. The street. Yeah. yeah, they do it like across a, the street. You can do it online now. A miserable Tuesday, Wednesday. In my you don't life even have to leave your basement anymore yeah. to do those things. All right, so there you go. That's the. Uh, that's the sound off. All right, we'll take a break at six fifty one. Uh, we'll get you the uh, the latest news on injuries and beyond coming up. And then, uh, what exactly happened yesterday? Did anything happen yesterday? What do we know? What's the timeline look like? We're- we may see a transition to snow late tonight with light accumulations possible into Saturday morning. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. I received a tweet. 6.56. All right, uh, and anything else from, uh, I know everything's been about the quarterbacks. We've really delved into the health of the quarterbacks, but anything else yesterday, guys, uh, in terms Did of... anything yesterday, Jack? In terms, <laughs> in terms of, well, we're going to get to okay, the things From the that, press conference, from, it, was a, it was very quick, was didn't there say anything? a whole lot. Okay. Really, the biggest thing to come out of it was that Chubba's a game or Chubba Casey's a game time decision. Casey's game time decision, but what, what but percent really confidence, put- Caleb? Do you have that that Casey Thompson plays tomorrow? I'm so glad you missed the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry, zero percent. As I told you, <laughs> yeah, oh, I it know. was a he, disgusting oh, wow, early you're at morning. Zero? At the I'm at zero. Jeez. Are you at zero? I'm not at zero, but I'm not a whole lot higher than zero. <laughs> that, see, I'm just going. I'm what, in the percentage points, and I'm going to say about seven. I'm going what people like with what people like you all seem to be on that on that very unlikely train. So I'm sort of going I'm with Vegas on too. It, so <laughs> that's true. If yeah, if Vegas thought he was going to weird play. line this weekend. I uh, yeah, I was uh, I was uh, listening to one of our sister stations' show yesterday, and they had one of the Minnesota beat writers on. And the Minnesota beat writer's opinion on that line, he said, I think Minnesota wins it. He said, but that line is insane, yeah. <laughs> is, is what he said. So we will uh, we will see, because they're two touchdown favorites now in this whole thing. Uh, all right. So l- we're going to grab a break now that we uh, we need to get to here. And uh, during the 710 segment today, uh, yesterday was... Yesterday was either very eventful or not eventful at all, and the true event turn into debating whether it was eventful or not eventful yesterday. We need to talk about what we know, what we don't know, what the timeline is likely to be going forward, and if any of us are not going to be able or going to be able to get through the next few weeks and not go completely insane. Those are the questions that yeah, are on the already, table. We already failed at that last for, one, for next so. segment. And are the is there going to be so much media infighting? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at then you get to your way. Call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Jack West on the 35. Nice move. 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, big fella. 30, 25, 20. Step over the guy. 10, 5. Jack West. Yes. We love you in Lincoln. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody is thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics, on 1499.3 KLIN. yesterday and really what it boils down to is is a question of there's a decision to be made how close are we to having that decision actually made when it comes to Nebraska's next head coach and what scenarios are even out there for that now let me let, let me tell you what I what I know um, and we can we can go from there and you guys can add to it if you want to um, and then we can kind of go from there and, and talk about what the implications of, of some of these things are. There were there were uh, several. Uh, I don't know if any of them were uh, would be considered official reporting, but there were several media members who indicated in one way or the other yesterday that they had some level of information indicating that perhaps there were high level meetings going on involving potentially the athletic department and uh, members of the board of regents that would be related to the Nebraska football coaching. That came out in various forms among four, five, six different media members either tweeting or posting on message boards or or saying it on shows or, or those sorts of things. 
Um, sometimes words like executive session were used correctly. Uh, private session, sometimes there was a lot less detail than that, simply saying that um, we are hearing that there are meetings that are happening uh, that would be out of the ordinary for, for this sort of thing. You then had another sector of the Nebraska media who came out and said, these people don't know what they're talking about. They don't understand how the regions work. We aren't hearing anything. And we want to make sure you know that we aren't hearing anything. So these people are probably <laughs> very incorrect, even though there's numerous of them. So that's what happened yesterday. I love that this is your focus. I'm I'm just explaining. The, this is the focus. The, the, that the, and so that's where we left it off yesterday was that there were a lot of there were there were media members who were making very clear that other media members <laughs> from various outlets who are not really connected in any other way d- d- were either getting bad sourcing or just generally didn't know what they were talking about for whatever reason and um so i guess you can believe who you want to on all of that so maybe there was a magic rumor fairy that came along to five, six different different uh, print slash internet slash radio uh, reporters, and I suspect and, it was more than and that. bequeathed them. And maybe it was. Maybe some of them just didn't talk. You know, uh, and bequeathed on them some fake information and some misunderstanding about the bylaws of the Board of Regents for them to promulgate to the rest of the masses. Perhaps that's what happened. Or perhaps there was actually a meeting yesterday. I don't know which it actually was. Uh, you know, I wasn't there. But so I think that clarifies that. So I don't know that you clarify. I think I, I, I think it's clear as mud. It's either it's I think either you clarified something, but it it's wasn't either it's either the, the situation. It's either the rumor fairy or there was a or there were uh, regents some regents who were meeting yesterday in something related to the athletic You're department. So mad right you now. choose. You choose left or right. You know, <laughs> whichever. Which, you actually which is did. which. So going forward, and so we you can you can take that as as you want to. There was a lot of assumption, guys, that this thing was going to stretch until the end of the season, post Black Friday, maybe post conference championship game. Oh, and there, there's at least some some thought that maybe this would happen more quickly, and it would especially happen more quickly if Nebraska was going to decided at any point to hire someone who was not currently coaching a college football team, or decided to hire Mickey Joseph. In fact. Mike, would it make more sense if you were going with Mickey Joseph or somebody who wasn't coaching a college football team? Throw your name out there. Matt Rule is the one that seemed to be out there a lot yesterday, but Chris Peterson, you know, whomever that it Urban. might be, Urban. Would it make sense? Would it make sense from various various um, factors to go ahead and do it sooner rather than later? Yeah, I mean, so if you have the opportunity and you've already decided who you want the next head coach to be and there's an agreement in principle or just an understanding in principle, uh, you want to make that move as quickly as you can for the schedule that's allowed. And so if, if you're talking about Matt Rule as an example, and he was by far at the end of the day the most popular name being discussed, and I'm sure we're going to get into that in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, you want to make that happen as quickly as works for him and as works for you. And with Matt Rule specifically, when he went to Baylor, he spent 
three weeks, four weeks while Baylor was preparing under Jim Grobe for a bowl game and everything else. He spent three weeks, four weeks hanging out in Waco, building his staff, recruiting, getting a jump on everything he needed to do there to set up his program. If Nebraska is hiring Matt Rule, and we're not saying that they are, but if they were going to, the idea being Matt Rule would show up and do the same thing while Nebraska plays out the rest of its season. He starts to put together his staff, lay the groundwork for what he wants. He can then watch and determine what's on the roster and determine where they need to aggressively focus in the transfer portal and in recruiting. So if you have the opportunity to do that, that's part of why you move on from your head coach as early as Nebraska did. There's some advantage to it. Absolutely. Some, to get a head step. Because so there's going to be a coaching carousel you know, that uh, with other schools right. you get ahead of it. Matt Rule, Chris Peterson, Urban Meyer, you know, if you have the ability to take someone that can show up and be in Lincoln you know, as early as next week and start that process, that's advantageous. Like, that's mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. Got it. Um, if you, you know... I saw Bill O'Brien's name thrown out. Like, that doesn't make sense because he's not going to leave as an offensive coordinator. Right. That's a different deal if you're currently And then coaching. any current head coach isn't isn't seriously going to have himself announced right on, now on November it, 4th. I, I suppose that it could leak between Black Friday sure. and the first week of December. But Nebraska's not going right. to. The head coach isn't going. So, say Nebraska, let's say it's Leipold or Campbell, for instance. You That's not going to be officially yeah. announced until their season is over or on the verge right. of being over. Whatever happened yesterday in terms of whether there was conversations or not, and I'll just say it like this, I feel very strongly that there was, and I was told yesterday morning that there would be, and I trust what I was told, and I'll leave it at that. You don't get the Board of Regents, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, you do not understand anything about them. That's sad. I, I'm totally okay to allow I'm other people. Disappointed. I'm I am more than happy to allow other we'll people to, to, to cover the official meetings that happened with the Board of Regents. Uh, that's completely fine. I was told there was conversations yesterday that were happening about the coaching search, and I choose to believe that my information is accurate on that. And at no point yesterday did I learn anything that would tell me that it wasn't accurate. So probably the fairy. We'll leave it at that. Um, I thought yesterday was by far the most fascinating day of this long and pretty boring coaching search. (laughs) And so for me, just you know, from a professional standpoint, I put more time into yesterday making phone calls and trying to unearth stuff than I had in the previous probably four weeks combined. And that's not really commentary on not doing anything with the coaching search before, but there wasn't, you know, I was getting background on coaches in the past, but you're not really ramping up because if it's a sitting power five coach, he's not going anywhere for another four weeks. The fact that the rumors were coming out um, that Nebraska had locked in on someone and it was someone that, potentially you don't even have to hire away from somewhere else, then made it really interesting. And so all cards on the table, I spent a lot of yesterday chasing Matt Rule mm-hmm. and trying to, and this is, you know, for people listening, this is the key thing. I was never able to completely line up Matt Rule in Nebraska that they're even having conversations and I got as deep as I possibly could into my Rolodex. Rolodex was a big word yesterday, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's just a lot the, of talk for, about years. For those who are young, that's just your phone contacts, um, is what that is. Yeah. Contacts. It's With, not actually. Mike does not actually no, have a Rolodex. It'd I don't. Be cool if you did. I'd be very. Impressive. I had one when I worked at the Telegram because it was left for me oh, nice. from someone else. 
And I never, I never used it. <laughs> Let's see. It didn't seem like it was that valuable because someone had made an online spreadsheet of the same information. So, <laughs> All right. Know. So, but so you didn't ever get a, you didn't ever no, get a strong sense I, of, I mean, of so the rule connection. Here's, here's what we had. But his at, name was out there yeah, yesterday. Here's so what much. we had on Husker twenty four seven, and I can kind of talk through how some of this all works. So. You know, we're making these calls and some of the information and Brunch and I are and BC, we're all working on this. We're all going through different routes and we all fortunately have different connections or different things we can use. Some of the information we got back right away within, I would say, at 9 a.m. yesterday was that there was a belief in the the coaching agents community that Matt Rule in Nebraska, there was some kind of connection that was going on there that whether... There was a conversation, and that was the closest that we could come to putting Nebraska and Matt Rule together, was those conversations that stem from um, agents in the coaching community, people that represent uh, these coaches as they, they go through their contracts. Which and is, by the else. way, where I thought stuff would start, information would start coming from a lot at some of it, point. A lot of your best information comes from that because people talk, and yeah. you know they're trying to float their clients or other clients or everything else. So that it started there, and then it continued with uh, Auburn 24-7 had several writers that were putting out there that they expected Matt Rule to end up at Nebraska, and this was based on the fact that there doesn't seem to be any interest in the Rule camp in Auburn, and so they were linking that up that he had already sort of lined up with another job. That may, as we sit here on Friday morning at, what, 7.20, that probably was a uh, illogical leap. We'll put it as that. I I think Nebraska has interest in Matt Rule, but I don't think it's so far down the path that there's sides have already sort of talked about the idea that this is going to happen. The Auburn guys were basically saying, well, he's not interested in coming here. so Because they were operating have- off of the same information from the coaching search committee because they have uh, Auburn 24-7 has a fairly strong connection. I'm not going to say any more than yeah. that into the coaching search committee. Like into the actual search mm-hmm. committees, into the people representing the agents, our Auburn. So there was a belief is there. very tight in. There was a belief there. And somewhere. so, but the the key thing for them was Matt Rule is not going to be part of this for Auburn because he had already taken himself out. Right. And so they so were lining that up to mean Nebraska because they couldn't. You could fathom the concept I- <laughs> that the Matt Rule doesn't want the job at Auburn. I guess. Um, so a lot of it stemmed from that, and so then it just became a whole day of Matt Rule. Uh, who, by the way, based on some information, may or may not even be in the United States at the moment. So I I, I want to just take this opportunity to, to more or less just kind of go with the idea that Matt Rule, I think, would be a good fit at Nebraska. I mean, everyone that I talked to talked about that they could see that working, that they think he would be fine with Trev, all of that. that this is the kind of job that he probably would sort of be looking for. Uh, but no one could tell me that they were having that there's a direct link of Nebraska and Matt Rule. And, and I guess you could extrapolate if he's got no interest in Auburn, maybe yeah. he's not interested in doing well, anything and, right now. It, it's possible it, that he, he takes them off. One of the, the pieces I did pick up, which is why it does seem like Nebraska could be a place of interest, it does seem like he wants to be back in coaching for 2022. Okay. 2023, at least from one of the people that I talked to. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with Matt Rule. It started yesterday where it felt like there was a lot of smoke with Nebraska and Matt Rule. By the time I kind of got done making phone calls, it felt like a lot of cold water had gotten thrown on. Interesting. It. Um 
Okay, let me ask you then, and 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 anybody too. I mean, this isn't necessarily asking for information, but what, let's say, you know, obviously Mickey's a candidate, right? And let's say that th- there's a decision for whatever reason that you're going with Mickey. Okay, whether it's we're we're total we're totally fully sure sure we're on board. This guy is the best person for the job, or you're not hitting, you're not having success with the other leads, the other ones that you are hoping for. Uh, does it make sense to get that done as soon as possible? It, 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 and here's one of the reasons I asked that question: is it, is it, is it? Are you somehow worse off if? Let's be honest: if you don't have Casey Thompson for either this game, and then you got Michigan next week, and you don't know what you got the weeks after that, and and, and you're going to go with Mickey, you're likely going to go with Mickey either way. Hypothetical here: does it behoove you to get it done sooner rather than later, so he's not on a five, six-game losing streak when you announce it? I I think that that is a portion of what could happen. I almost think it's as much as the as much as the optics might look, you want to get ahead of that. It's also just something where if you know who the guy is, you're just done with it. Plus, I, yeah, I, that's true. I think, so if, if, if there's a hiring announcement and it's going to be Mickey Joseph and it happens, you know, sometime before the end of the season... It, to me, it has as much to do with the idea of you've already locked in that this is going to be your guy. Why would And you can signify to recruits and to players on your team and to anyone Potential considering the transfer members. portal. And you can give him a jump as to, as you know, if he wants to build out. If this is the route that they're going to go, yeah. regardless of the results that occur. The, and I think it's important to to focus in on it from the standpoint of, I don't think it mattered at at such a point when Trev Alberts had concluded that Mickey Joseph could have this job. I don't know that it mattered the results that followed as long as there's not just some sort of like obvious flaw in him, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like he just comes out and they only pass or they always go for every fourth down. Like you've seen enough of him coaching in games. You have a general idea of what that looks like. You're not holding against him how the results are because the roster isn't necessarily his. The coaching staff isn't necessarily his. And so if you've already made the mental decision, this guy could be the next coach at Nebraska. And then you make the next step where it's this guy will be the next coach at Nebraska. The results that follow on a team that isn't really his shouldn't matter as much to the person making that decision. And I think, Emotionally, that's really hard for the fan base to mm-hmm. accept. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's going to be a problem if this is if a route Nebraska this. goes. But this is where everything is pointing right now. This is when two weeks ago, and I was saying things like, Mickey or the field, and sort of being mocked by people for doing so, it's because everything kind of felt like it was heading in this direction anyways. Yesterday feels like another step towards that well, well that's I, I guess that's the other oh caleb i know oh, you I want just, to say something yeah my bad and, and the, the decision of saying that this is the guy does not necessarily mean that behind closed doors when they put together a coaching list that this was the number one guy they were trying to get they may have through conver- i feel confident in saying he wasn't no no, no yeah, yeah for sure and, and i think that that's a big distinction that people need to to have within this whole conversation is that if you go with Mickey, maybe he was high up on the list and he just worked his way in there, but that you may have struck out with some other guys, talking with some agents, found out that some guys you were very interested in didn't have that that same interest. 
but you were able to see over the course of this is how a program was run, and you go, this is maybe not the number one guy we were after, or maybe not the best available or the best option that we would have wanted for twenty twenty three. But when you're doing a coaching search, you grab the best available. And Mickey Joseph, right now, if everything that's out there with other coaches not wanting to leave or having interest with other programs. This is best available. So if that decision comes out, it's not necessarily then that's to, to me that's not the same as settling for Mickey Joseph either. You could settle for some other guys. Mickey Joseph is still a very good candidate and I think will be a good head coach. I don't know necessarily what that's going to look like. To me that comes down to a lot of what his assistants look like, what the rest of his staff looks like. But when you end up with Mickey Joseph, it's because of what you saw his body of work over his month and a half at the helm and the conversations you had about other possibilities that just aren't there going forward. Yeah. Well, and I, I think a lot of it is not what's in the near future, but in the distant future. Mm-hmm. You're you're betting on the potential of of what it could look like. And this I mean, we're we're talking probably in a little bit more specific tones, but that's just what feels like at the end of the day yesterday, as I went to bed last night. It just from all the phone calls and everything else, if one felt like Nebraska was pretty close to making a decision, like it's it's not going to go to you're not going to get to Black Friday without knowing who this is. Yeah, you may not get to Wisconsin without knowing who this is. You and may so not again, get to five o'clock today. <laughs> I, I don't think anything's happening. You today. might not. I was I don't apprehensive think anything's when, happening today. when Jack we'll had said see. earlier in the year he was like they're they might make a decision the first week of November, and I was like. I don't know. That feels a little early. I guess if you know the guy, then things have gone well, and say Mickey's won every game, that could make sense. As things have gone on, like, you know what? First, second week of November, it's going to be hey. hard for me to see them really getting to, to Thanksgiving week without naming Mickey if that's the way this is going. If it were me, and I was going that way, I'd wait for a win. That win would happen, and I'd have the press conference lined up 10 minutes afterwards. Game You'd ball. whisper it in his ear uh, right or right as you're giving him the game ball? Game ball in a, in a contract. Just like one of those where you're handing the game ball, and you're like, and hey, by the way. Sign this, and then come to the post. You're the next head coach. At the you're place. hired. And then the video, like, I, the video crew had it, and they got hey, the, the Friday Night Lights uh, music in the background. Honestly. And it's sped up. And <laughs> you, you, wonder, you know what I think? You feel like you're in West Texas. If, if all of this speculation is right, if that's where it's going, I bet – if they had beaten Illinois, we might be talking about something really different right now about how quickly this had happened. Yeah. I, I I would I would say that. But to your to your your larger point with the calls you made with the things other people in media were hearing yesterday, you get the sense that this is moving more quickly than slowly. Let me just clarify one thing: what I don't, I'm sure you're not saying, and I wasn't either. It wasn't that there was a meeting yesterday where there was some kind of a vote approving a decision by Trev Alberts. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if there were people. The in best the meet- way I would phrase it is: there is a progress report of where things were at with the coaching search, and other indications were made that things are winding down quickly. And if you want to try and think deeper about why something like that would happen, well, think if you're about to. Uh, I mean, this is a combination of just knowing a little bit and also understanding and just kind of putting yourself in these positions. If something's going to happen, good idea to update the important people around you, right, on on what's what's happening, when it might happen, and probably a good idea to make sure you've got their, you're going to have their public support on something as well, on something that might need to be sold a little bit to constituents, to the public, to the fan base. It doesn't. Mike, you don't need to go that far down the road to think about how you th- this conversation 
could could fit in somewhere here like this where it's not a do you approve the contract? No, they don't have they don't. No. <laughs> we weren't saying that. I like the idea of that when someone's sitting up there, they're all sitting up there and one guy has a gavel and he's just Yeah, I, yes. Done. Yes. Yes, if there was someone saying that, they were wrong. Correct. Correct. It wasn't me. To that extent. I don't think I said anything like that. Did you, Caleb? I I do love that. Like, I, pu- I put out a gift. That was it. The bulk of this news is Nebraska's close to, to being done with its coaching search. But the thing you're most fixated on is the uh, the well actually guys on Twitter. <laughs> Which what can I say? So what much can I about say? you in a way that <laughs> is hilarious to me. And, will, and bad? When you go back and, and you sad? listen to the open of this segment. you want to just say Sad. <laughs> you're you're going to go back and listen to the open of this segment. You're just going to hear me in the background just giggling because you are hey, steaming I, over here. Hey, if you took that listen. hat off, it's cartoon steam coming <laughs> off of listen, your there was a you, there, was, there was a reason there was an article me in the paper that said I had a 12-part tweet. <laughs> <laughs> if only people knew the tweets that you didn't send. <laughs> All right, it's 731. We when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Traffic Hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 735. Time for some helmet stickers, guys. Uh, let's update our helmet stickers standing, and unfortunately for uh, Casey Thompson, he might, he is now in, uh, not only does he have the frustration from both he, the fans, and the coaches that he's going to miss possibly one game, possibly more, uh, and already portion of the Illinois game, um, but he uh, might be losing ground in the helmet sticker leaderboard. Trey Palmer, the leader with nine, Anthony Grant with eight. Casey Thompson with seven, Brian Bichini with six, Travis Vokalek with five. And then it's just a big drop off after that. They're really, it's interesting. We really have had, and, you know, Mike's really the one who's kept Bushini alive like he has in this whole thing. <laughs> but isn't it interesting okay. that you've had very. Well, let's not act like Brian Bushini hasn't earned those helmets. <laughs> yeah, no, he very much has. Thank but. You. I feel like the other ones are more well evenly distributed, but it's interesting with our helmet stickers. Like, there's that clear of a cutoff between 
you know, the 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 haves and haves not on the helmets. I don't want to live in a world where people whine about punting and they whine about a kick that just happens to go to the left when all the coverage went to the right and Michigan State scores a touchdown and there's all these tears and then turns out there's a competent punter and you guys won't even give him a helmet sticker. What are we doing? <laughs> I probably have. We were supposed to be <laughs> celebrating punting in 2022. Everybody else is. Well, I guess Brian Buscini had six because Mike gives them to him. Because I like punting. I think it's Move important. to Iowa. Move to Iowa if you have that attitude. They've got plenty of people who like, and coaches who love punting. Trust there. me, I saw enough punts on Saturday that it felt like I was in Iowa. <laughs> All right. Uh, helmet stickers this week. All right, Caleb, who do you want to give a, uh, a helmet sticker My first to? one goes to Travis Vokalek. Getting that... that- well, the one touchdown. One the catch. Travis Rogelak's line, one catch for 56 yards and a touchdown. But boy, did he have to rumble for that. Well-designed play. He made the most of it. It's only his second touchdown as a Husker. And it was really the, the bright spot for the offense on the day. Like, it was a big play. It was the score. Yeah. It's Travis Vogelak. He just he needs the ball more. It's Cone. <laughs> Uh, no, we're gonna walk away from that one. <laughs> and I, I, and I was, uh, I was in the east balcony watching the game, and so he was running. You know, I was very high, but he was running right beside where I was. And the the way that that I think Mike referred to this pass a little earlier, he kind of, you know. Casey, I mean, he made it work. It's fortuitous. <laughs> it was fortuitous, and then that he had no one. Vokalek did not. He, I don't know if he's still a little injured or what it was, but there was just something about the run that didn't look uh, fluid. So one of my favorite quotes in the last three, four years, Travis Vokalek transfers to Nebraska. Austin Allen gets asked about him. He's talking about like he's pretty impressed by him, thinks that he's got a lot of upside, a lot of potential. And then he sort of just casually throws in there. Real slow. <laughs> just something about like how he has to work on his like running and, and get a little faster because he does not have a very natural uh, like it just doesn't look that natural the when he runs. Gate is yeah, I was, got I was something gonna, that's I was less... going to say gate and it's like I don't know if people know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I yeah, whatever. He scored. There's yeah. a great job. He got a been, there's a little bit of a hitch in his stride. Oh, saying all of that. I wish he was getting 10 catches a game. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish he was getting a lot. I, you, Illinois, you know what Illinois did in the passing game? They found high percentage passes all over the field. Short, high percentage passes. Okay? You want to know how to quickly get Chubba Purdy a little bit more acclimated to the game? Find him some high percentage, low-risk passes. And the best person to throw those to, probably your running back and Travis Fokalek. Okay? And so I, I would love to see more of that in the Nebraska offense because you get down to it. That's what Illinois really gashed Nebraska with. It wasn't runs up the middle. It wasn't. Did they have a it throw over twelve yards in the air? Uh, they had two over twelve, but they were both incomplete. Because it, it, the whole thing just felt like Illinois' offensive strategy is you run Chase Brown and you run shallow crossers. He was yep. 0 for 2 from 10 yep. to 20 yards yeah. through it felt the like air, it. and it did not attempt one more than yep. 20 yards. And all of them that he completed, Mike. I mean, none of them, they looked like throws, not to take away from Danny's son here, but they looked like throws that almost any quarterback could make because they were open. Yep. They were open, and they were just, they were low risk. Danny's son. That's, that's <laughs> one more chance. Uh, all right, Mike, who do you want to give your first one to? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go off the beaten path this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll probably give out helmet stickers to at least two people that have not 
had one oh, yet wow. so far. And we will start with Alante Brown, mm-hmm. who had his best game with Nebraska. He had two catches for, I believe, 47 yards. He does career have high there. It's his first. And he uh, he's a guy that I've kind of sat in, in the back and just been like, I'd like to, like to see him get a little more involved. I'd like to see more from him. You know, we talk about Nebraska does not have a lot of receivers beyond Trey Palmer. I thought that it was a nice step-up game for Alante Brown. I hope we see more of him over these. So part of these next four weeks, looking at some of the younger guys on the roster and figuring out what are they going to give you yeah. in the future. And yeah. so Alante Brown, I still have a lot of enthusiasm for, and I was Is happy to sophomore? see him having a yeah. – Wow. He's a 2020 like, guy, so obviously that year didn't count. Right. Last year, I think he played over the four games, so I think right. he's a third-year sophomore. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'll stay on the offense too for my first one then. And I'm going to go Chancellor Brewington had, had a couple of catches, uh, one of which was, uh, for a pretty significant game. 45. He's continued, you know, he's, he's continued to be a solid, uh, you know, f- frankly, they've been able to find him about as much as they've been able to find Vokalek over the course of the middle of the season at this point. Been a solid block- blocker as well. You know, you, you wonder again, it's hard not to wonder if some of, when Trey Palmer was getting so much of the volume and then they had had trouble finding anyone after after Casey Thompson went down you just sort of wonder if more of these guys the Alante Browns like Mike was talking about the Vocalex the Brewington I mean if you are if you could really use these guys to be to start to have the defense concerned about them any of those guys it feels like it could open up the running game. It could open up Trey Palmer a little bit more again. Um, and I think Brewington's got that potential. And yet you, you saw the actuality of it with that long catch. So I'm going to give Brewington his second helmet sticker of the year. Well, give him a third because that's where my second helmet sticker Ooh, is going. All tight ends for you today, huh? Not specifically because of how long the catch was. And it was a well-designed play. But mostly because Chancellor Brewington got into the open field and said, I don't know what to do with green grass. Which is weird because he used to play receiver at Northern Arizona. Yeah, he got out there and said, I don't know what all this open field is. I need to go hit somebody. (laughs) So he had the ball in his hands, and he he still looked like he was headhunting DBs. I like that mentality. Yeah, I love it. I'd rather you go to the end zone, but yeah, I still like that mentality. Well, run someone over on the way. Yeah, yeah, that was that one where he if, was that the one. Yeah, I remember saying to my son, I was like, could he have cut that out and gone Which for a the touchdown? The unfortunate thing is that what they didn't score on that drive. So yeah. you know. was that the one that ended up being a the the pick? The was that the one that ended up being a Thompson the Thompson pick? I think no. Was that? Did or was that the field goal? Or was that the field goal drive? That, that is a field goal. Okay. So they got three out of this, right. the potential. Who's your, uh, who's your second obscure one, Mike? Uh, I'm going to go with Brendan Frankie, Nebraska's uh, kickoff specialist. He had three kicks. They were all Frankie touchbacks. Bombs. And, I, you know, again, like we, a couple years ago, a lot of a lot of complaints about Nebraska's kickoff coverage. A lot of complaints about the inability to to put one deep. They went out and they found a guy, and for two years he's largely given them a pretty high uh, touchback percentage. Which you know what touchbacks do? It puts the ball on the twenty five, and it can't hurt you any worse than that. So, uh, Brandon Frankie gets a helmet sticker. Some of those little things that are working this year. Yeah, just, we're we are awarding competence. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that is uh, congratulations to Brandon Frankie on his first helmet sticker in 2022. All right, I'm going to one. I'm surprised I'm the first one to do this, and I think I've been this guy's biggest fan. I think I might have given him his two previous helmet stickers already, which is sad if he's only got two. I think he's the most underrated player on the team right now, and that's Quentin Newsom. Um, man, he had a great game. He had a really good 
game. Just destroyed that uh, that trick play that Illinois, which was hilarious. I was in such a good mood when that happened. Yeah, they had. Do you remember people like this? Feels like it never happened. You had that series where Illinois had uh, what? Uh, let's see, second down. Uh, then they tried the trick play, right? And or was it on third down? They tried the trick play. No, it was second down when they tried the trick. Play. Second down, they were in clearly in field goal range. It looked yeah, it like they were going out. to score. Lost a bazillion yards on yeah. that play. The next play didn't go very well. The they line up for the field goal. They take call a, a timeout. Game. They they call a timeout. Make the field goal doesn't count. Then they take a penalty. Back up another few yards and they have to punt the ball. Yep. When yep. that ha- do you know how right everything felt at that moment? Pretty for good. it to have just completely fallen apart after that, pretty, pretty I mean, good. I think there were so many Nebraska fans who were saying, "Oh my gosh, this feels like the crap that happens to Nebraska every game," because <laughs> it, it did. I mean, it incredibly did, and yet it just didn't. It it didn't get better than that. But that's a long way of saying Quentin Newsom had a huge Newsom had a huge play on that drive. He had he had uh, I was looking at this. He had two and a half tackles for loss yeah. mm-hmm. in he that game very too. Well. Very good game. The only the only bad moment I think for Quentin Newsom on Saturday was he was he got caught in the wash on the coverage of Isaiah Williams on that first touchdown. Yeah, that was yep. and part of it was a motion to him, and so it was, very early in the game. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, Caleb, your third. I'm going with a quarterback. The only quarterback who didn't throw an interception, Logan Smothers. You're giving him a. You're giving one, him one for three one, plays. One for one. <laughs> Jeez. Averaged three yards a carry. And I took heat for Buscini. And and out of the last two times Nebraska football has gone to victory formation, he is the one who has not fumbled it. So you're giving him helmet stickers for things that didn't even occur on Saturday? We are awarding competence, and that's what he was at the quarterback Mike's at least position. awarding current competence, though. Not that's, past competence. Well, he was competent on Saturday. Important competence. That first run was impressive. Actually, I did say to him, again, sitting with my son in the East Balcony, I said, yeah, he looks faster than I thought after that first down run. It's like, oh, yeah, this could be interesting. It's because we only Two see plays him. later, we're going to see him again we the rest of the game. We see him once every six games, and he's faster than the other guys. So He's like your extended family. You see him on holidays only <laughs> a couple of times a year. Yeah, right. Logan's here. Hey, Logan's, how's your job been? Huh? What's it going? Logan's here. <laughs> Keller, uh, uh, Mike, what's your uh, last one? Well, you know, we, we spent so much time talking about him, and he had six punts for 289 <laughs> there yards. There it is. A 48.2 average, one of his best for the year, a 55 long. He only had one in the 20s, but some of that was the distance of which had to be covered. Uh, another good game for Brian Bushy. That's his seventh. He ties Casey Thompson for third place. Competent. Uh, and then I'm going, and uh, I'm, I, I'll say this again. Defense played good enough to win the game. Uh, and so I'm just going to go to the, the guy who played best left that I haven't given one to. That's Luke Reimer. Big week. Who for, only has three? Who big has week three? for me with the helmet stickers. Have you your just team? given Reimer and uh, Newsom? God, you got them on the. Oh, God, you do. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm a big defensive helmet sticker guy. You are a big defensive helmet sticker guy. All right. Palmer with nine. Grant with eight. Thompson Buscini with seven. Vokalek with six. And then uh, the tie between A.J. Allen, Chancellor Brewington, and Garrett Nelson with three. A.J. Allen, who has not played. Yes. Chancellor Brewington, backup tight end. Oh, by the way, Timmy Bleak wrote also. Call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. Five topics to get you going for game day. It's a special Friday edition of the Morning Drive on the Friday Husker Tailgate. 
All right, welcome back. 752, it is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. Uh, all right, today we are going to count down the five things people are talking about today. It's the morning drive that we always do, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. So, without any further ado, let's get things started today with... Number five. Well, the number one on-field story is who's going to be playing quarterback for Nebraska. We've heard about Casey Thompson and getting better as the week has gone on, but Chubba Purdy, Logan Smothers are your other two options. Those are the two likely to play. How are you guys see tomorrow going? Who takes the first snap? It's got to be Chubba. It's Chubba, right? Yeah, put me down for Chubba. I know they've been more optimistic. They've sounded every day a little bit more optimistic about Casey Thompson, but... I think uh, I, I think when you go further down, you you dig deeper, further into their answers. It sounds like they're really figuring on the other guys yeah. to uh, to to factor in. I think you probably do see both of them. I don't know what you think, uh, but I think you'll probably see both of the quarterbacks, as in Purdy and Thompson, or not? Excuse me, Purdy and Smothers, with with Thompson probably injured. And uh, you know, you you have an injury like that. You you could see Thompson on the field when he was doing it he was kind of balling up his fist and and so probably something where you've got a bit of a nerve injury you're trying to work on feeling that's your throwing hand i'm not a doctor but you know it feels like that's something that could could be could take a while yeah i would think to really feel comfortable throwing the ball not necessarily just like a pain tolerance thing like a sprained ankle well it's to have the feel for it yeah like if you're you're back there going to throw and you don't have the the feel of what's going on in your hand that can't be a good feeling yeah yeah Um, i i think it'll be purdy uh personally if it was me it would be logan smothers and you'd be going kitchen sink like you did i I think the game plan that you that nebraska ran against iowa last year is a lot of what they should be doing Mm -hmm. is there any reason they can't do that by the way no is there anything different about this year's team other i mean the offensive coordinator comes down to to the comfort level that you know whipple and joseph would have of calling a game that way like like I mean, serious question, like, strengths of this offense. How do you, because what you do is you take what you have, the hand that you've been dealt with, the offense, the offensive line is what it is, the receivers, the running backs, what quarterback and what, what sign of plan, kind of plan maximizes that the most? Well, the, the strength of this team is its ability to go deep and attack areas of the field. So then, so the you idea, could argue, you know why you go with Chubba. Then. Yeah, so the idea is to take advantage of that, you need the guy who can push it the furthest, but I just don't know that you've seen evidence that that is Chubba. Mm. Like maybe you're getting that evidence on on you know Monday through Friday, but on Saturdays you're not getting that. Evidence. We got to move on. But also, are there more ways to get Trey Palmer? The how important do you think it is to get Palmer more than one? T- if he's not available deep, the funny thing is, the closer to the line of scrimmage, the, least, the less effective Trey Palmer has been this year. I mean, he's got <laughs> several that end around against several, Purdue. Yeah, he's got several carries that were went for negative yards. And yeah. Every time they run a wide receiver screen, it's just like just take that play, throw it out. What of about the a book. dang slant route though? I mean, yeah. what happened to drag routes? <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I, I, many I feel people like, are asking. I mean, you slot receiver drag why, route. But, uh, I mean, how many times are you watching Cooper Cup get those things? I mean, a million. I, I don't know. Number four. Can Mickey Joseph stay a candidate with losses down the stretch? Uh, I think we kind of hit on this. Yeah, we yes. we did. I mean, we'll just hit on on it real quickly here. Um, yeah, pro- I mean, for for a variety of reasons, it may be that that uh, Trev is evaluating this kind of outside of the bubble of what's happening currently, for better or for worse. And it may be that your choices may not be as plentiful as you hoped they would be a month ago. Yeah. Again. 
For me, I think it basically comes down to you're you're judging him off of what you're seeing him do on game days, how he's interacting with the players. If you think there's a potential future there, and you're not weighing the results of a team that he didn't necessarily put together and a staff he didn't put together against him either. By the way, I will say this: if they still do go with him, it's a huge risk. I mean, it's a huge risk, and oh, for sure, definitely. I, I mean, I there was kind of there was a part of me that was like, man, go with the safe pick this time around. Um, that's they went not with what the same pick be. the last two times around. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's well. Did, was Mike Riley and, the safe pick? Yeah, and it relative to the idea of like he built at Oregon State yeah. and then he could win somewhere. All right, moving on. Number three, Auburn now looking for a head coach. How crazy is the coaching carousel going to be? This isn't going to be anything. Year? Are we going to have that? The thing is, you're going to have that one like last year it came out of absolute nowhere. With you know USC and LSU and and those ones, um, it's it's still got a ways to go to get too crazy, doesn't it? Well, if Auburn hires Lane Kiffin, then Old Miss has to hire a coach, uh-huh. and then Old Miss hires back Hugh Freeze, and that's then, hilarious. Then Liberty has to get a coach, and, and then it probably Liberty ends. needs a coach, and then they hire someone that coached at Baylor because that's what Liberty will do, and right. then uh, you know you're probably done at that point. I don't think it'll be as rule, Matt rule. <laughs> Not rule of liberty. You heard it first. You heard it first from Mike Schaefer. Yes, number two. Uh, Husker football picked up another recruit. This one, a running back out of Louisiana. Schaefer, what's he look like? Uh, he looks like he's you know the older brother of Corey Ross. Like he's a pretty stocky, <laughs> a little bit taller guy. He's he's about five eight. Interested? Interested? Two twenty. Pretty elusive for his size, but also can bowl over some people a little bit. A very productive high school player. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a star, but I think he's got the ability to be a, a good role player, a good productive third down running back for Nebraska. And, uh, and he goes by Duda, Arnold okay. Duda Barnes. Nice. Okay. Very so cool. he's, he's already like a pork chop. He's got a nickname. And Mickey's already picking recruits, still picking recruits up, even yeah. at this point. Uh, he's a New Orleans guy. Number one. First college football playoff rankings, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, your top four. Okay, stop it on Clemson. Clemson's losing at some point. Could be this week. What are we doing with Clemson up there? TCU has a beef. I'll say it. TCU has a serious you, beef. You go TCU over Clemson. Yeah, I would. would I you? think I would, too. Yeah. All right, good. We're in agreement. 758. That's it for your morning drive on KLIN. You're listening to Lincoln's radio home of Husker football, men's basketball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Construction projects. We'll want to use caution as we move through and around. Make sure the headlights are on, keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. Jack West to the 35. Nice move. 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, big fella. 30, 25, 20, 
their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics, on 1499.3 KLIN. Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Ah, oh, yes, it's time for pick number 10, Fantasy Huskers. The much-coveted pick 10 of Fantasy Huskers. One would argue and could argue that this is the best pick to get because you control completely your strategy. You are not dependent on anyone else for your destiny. In this game, and your potential to win $100 in pizza and gear from Valentino's and Alumni Hall, respectively. But first, to get that pick, you need to text us. You need to text us a word. That word that you need to text us is... For the first time this year, I'm doing multiple words in the keyword. Row the boat. (laughs) Three separate words. Three separate words. Space bar. Row, space bar, the, space bar, boat, space bar. R-O-W, space bar, T-H-E, space bar, (laughs) B-O-A-T. End. <laughs> Thank you for that like back end programming version of it. <laughs> Text that in, even though it makes you cringe a little bit. And uh and then if you uh if you win, you can sprint like a weirdo uh up to the studio <laughs> in your yellow shoes uh and uh and your uh, pullover over a tie and pick up your gift certificates. To Alumni Hall. Yes. And Valentino's. You got to text that in, though. Uh, and the question is how many receptions, how many completions? I say receptions, but it's the same thing. How many <laughs> completions does Nebraska have against Minnesota? The range of the pick so far is what? We are from. Low is. The low is 13. You got to take an extreme with this pick. The low is 13, the high is 23, and Gryffindor staff has not texted me in two hours. So. Oh, come on, Gryffindor staff. Uh, ooh, okay. Well, you might want to wait and see what happens there, but yeah. man, I'd be going. I'd be going that twenty-four. By the way, Na- I'm on that twenty-four. Nancy texted us throw the bones instead. I'm thinking about counting it. <laughs> she just is. She's just translating. She's like, no, no. Okay. no. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's see what Jeff Mall is up to from the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. Good morning, Jeff. How are we doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Getting ready to put another log on the fire. Let's go. Out. A little, a little but, cold uh, November rain, as one band once called it, I believed it. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Axel. Um, thank you. Uh, a lot of good things going on in the community right now. You know, we just had a, we had a discussion yesterday back at house over at State Volleyball about, um, you know, usually about this time of year, we, we start to have weather, the transitions, and the four-letter word starts to become a, mm-hmm. a reality. And, and I really felt like yesterday we weren't going to have to talk about it. So I, I can't wait hear what rusty has to ah uh, yes I, I think we might get double digits in the draft for the first time in in a long time oh, which is no. the oh, no. the excitement is palpable right now for that but uh you mentioned state volleyball i know we've uh you know we've been uh tran- did, did the transition over with state basketball yeah. to kind of the longer different format you've got that with volleyball uh here this year busy at pinnacle bank arena going to move over to devaney for the end uh just give us a little uh, tell us how things are kind of going uh, with state volleyball with that format and and uh, using the facility for a couple of games at a time there 
the format's incredibly popular. Uh, we, you know, we, we really do things right on Wednesday and, and get Class A, Class B, and Class C in here uh, on opening day, and then we go back down to Classes C2, D1, and D2 on the second day. And then today, everybody comes back together over at Pinnacle Bank Arena for all of the semifinal action. Things get going this morning at 9 o'clock, and we'll run all the way through uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, all the courts are going to be busy. We do two courts at PBA. Just a great atmosphere, lots of great reunions of people, and uh, again, weather's been pretty good so far, and, and we hope that things will continue. So we're excited. Class A and Class B, uh, seeds 1, 2, 3, and 4 advance uh, in opening day, so there'll be some really good volleyball over there, but all the classes uh, culminating uh, into today will be a fun experience for everybody. We love it. We rolled out a ton of pizza for our annual pizza feed the last two nights, and just interacting with these student-athletes, the administrators, their coaches, their bus drivers, it's just part of that Lincoln magical experience that we're proud to be a part of. Go volleyball city too. I mean, a vol- yeah, no doubt a volleyball city. Um, exactly. And 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 to have this here makes all the sense in the world. And then especially to go to be able to play in Devaney in that last you know on that last Saturday. Oh, yeah, it, it's so cool that you're able to do that. Yeah, it's the dream of every every kid across the state of Nebraska to play a state high school championship in Lincoln. It, it's a competitive bid process, and we'll probably have more to talk about here in the next six to twelve months about additional bids and renewals of bids in other cities mm-hmm. across the state that might be seeking to host state high school tournaments. But again, I think we feel really good about our facilities as well as the fact that we are the home of the Huskers. Yeah. And these athletes want to be here. Don't take volleyball to Lincoln. That would, yeah, that would not. Uh, try to once. Didn't make any sense to me then. I'll, I know you won't say. I'll say it made zero sense to me then, and hopefully it won't. And, and by the way, quick shout-out, uh, Lincoln Lutheran, Lincoln Southwest, Norris, some uh, area teams. Hopefully I'm not missing anybody, uh, but some area teams here that uh, that I'm pulling for here today with their matches. All right, tell me what else is uh, going on. Well, people in town for volleyball. Uh, we got a game coming up this weekend. Uh, what's going on this weekend? We've got Stomp, uh, a wonderful production over at the Lead Center for Forming Arts. I was reading the description of Stomp, and it reminded me of a description of you. Explosive, inventive, provocative, witty, and utterly unique. An unforgettable experience for a audience of all ages. <laughs> Explosive, provocative, witty. Okay, that's, yeah. I th- utterly unique. Utterly, I think you got that. Yeah, that is actually pretty okay. accurate. Me and Stomp. Very much uh, similar. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on? 7.30 tonight, and then Lincoln Stars take on the Omaha Lancers on Friday night as well. Tonight, the Show Me Reptile and Exotic Show. Love the name of the event. Lancaster Event Center, a great chance to take in some great reptile entertainment and uh, learn about them. And tis the season, holiday market, one of the first of the season, 10 to 3 on Sunday. We're at the ballroom by venue at 332 Centennial Mall South in the Scottish Rite Building. Nice. All right. Well, sounds like there's plenty for uh, folks to do. Uh, a lot of people in town for volleyball, a lot of people in town for Husker football. And uh, we're about to find out what the weather situation is going to be like, which I think is gonna, it's going to be all right when all is said and done. Uh, great, to, great to talk to you, Jeff. Uh, look forward to checking in again next week. Have a good weekend. Best of luck with State Volleyball, all right? All right. Go Big Red. There you go. Jeff Mall, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. And with that, we say hello to Channel 8 Eyewitness News, Chief Meteorologist, the Internet's favorite weatherman, and man who actually had to work a little bit this week, at least for his role on this show. Not much, but a little. On the draft, Rusty Dawkins. Hi. Hi. Uh, We have something to talk about. Instead of trying for, like we have for a month, been like, well, it's going to be 71 at kickoff. 
the sun might be a little bit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, been, it's been a relatively docile uh several games lately let's uh let's let's kind of let's kind of lead into what the situation is because it's weird it's like it's sort of like we barely even know as a community how to really respond to not Mm. not warm or not nice uh sunny weather here we've got rain in lincoln right now Mm. uh the forecast kind of it really looks different today than we've seen for a long time what are you expecting here kind of over the next 24 hours as we lead up to game day it's yeah. Right now, there's rain out there, and we're, we have temperatures in the middle 30s. I mean, we're just a handful of degrees away from there just being a, a all-out mess on the on the roads right now. With, Yeesh. It's I mean, the temperature is 35 degrees at my house in Southeast Lincoln. It's uh, 36 on your computer screen. So I mean, that's you only need to drop a few more degrees, and all of a sudden those uh, raindrops turn into snowflakes. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yikes. And we're really close to that. So that's going to come to an end as we head through the day today. Um, I don't. If we see any kind of mixed precipitation, it would be very light, and, and it's going to be cold today, though. I mean, we'll we be were, in the 40s, but it'll be out of that yeah. freezing area, but still cold. Yeah. Just think about that, though. How warm were we yesterday? We were in the upper 70s yesterday, mm-hmm. and today we're going to barely make it into the middle 40s. So, quite the change. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, the precipitation situation. How long does that continue into the day, into tomorrow night, and then into tomorrow? It's or into tonight, and then into tomorrow. I yeah. There's there's a whole lot of moving parts to this forecast. You have the rain that's out there this morning. That's eventually going to move to the east. And just to show you how how weird this situation is, we have a few flurries mixing in in central Nebraska, mm-hmm. but off to our east near Des Moines, there's severe thunderstorm warnings. Yeah. going on. So it's a it's a energy charge and i saw beatrice is just getting tons of rain yeah too, south of us too. yeah so there's a lot of things happening all at once and pinning it down to exactly what's going to happen in lincoln uh is one of the tougher things that go along with a, a winter time forecast uh, but this rain should stop for a while this afternoon maybe a few sprinkles lingering and then it wraps back around comes back at us late tonight gives us another rain chance but i think the temperature that we're looking at right now is in the middle 30s i think it drops a few more degrees as we head past midnight tonight. Oh boy. And there's enough energy. Oh boy. This is and this oh part, boy. this part is key. You get those temperatures right around the freezing mark. You get that uh, energy that has enough uh, for rainfall. It'll switch over to snow, but there's still enough oomph that we might even see some lightning strikes with this. Ooh. So we could be talking about thunder snow by somewhere now it may not just be lincoln it might be further east might be further south but if that happens that will accumulate snow a lot quicker so are we talking about overnight or morning hours for that overnight tonight into very early before sunrise saturday morning so there is a non-zero chance we wake up to a white november tomorrow morning there's there's no there's 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 a a non it's possible it's it's possible that we're going to to see uh, snow on the ground early tomorrow morning, but it is going to melt fast. Okay. Temperatures are going to get into the middle 50s, maybe even the lower 60s tomorrow, uh, Saturday afternoon. So like I said, there's you have to wrap your head around all of this. I mean, there's so many things that are going to happen. You're going to see rain first. You're going to see, uh, well, we're seeing rain now. Yeah. Then quiet for the afternoon. Yeah. Then the rain builds back in. Then it changes over to snow. Then it's a slushy mess Ooh, for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I was going to say the morning, I mean, before it warms up, the morning streets then could yeah. be, whether you have a little snow on it or not, if you are in the overnight hours, uh, you know, under freezing, um, yeah, 30, you know, it could be in the low 30s, 8 a.m. when you wake up. Yeah, that's, and so uh, the roadways should be 
probably okay. I mean, it was 78 degrees yesterday. So everything is not that cold. Yeah. yeah, It should melt. I don't think we're going to see any uh, accumulating snow on the streets, maybe the grassy surfaces. That's where if it happens fast enough, that's where you would see the one or two inches of snow. And that's kind of what I'm saying for Lincoln. Anywhere from zero to two inches in Lincoln seems about right if we can get that snow accumulating fast enough. But it will not stick around. It won't be. We're not going to have a white field on Saturday at 11 a.m. Even though I really want it. I know. That would be that would be nice. Fantastically fun. Okay. So let's get into then the game. So if that holds, then maybe, maybe not some snow precipitation or rain precipitation before the game. That'll clear out. Sun will, sun will come out, I'm assuming. Um, we'll probably be in the, the 40s about it, kickoff. So obviously... Chile potentially still dealing with some of the aftermath of the precipitation during the tailgate hours of this game, correct? Yeah, that's where the first half of the day is going to be worse than the actual game itself. Okay. Uh, getting us to the game is going to be the hard part. The game itself looks like it's going to be pretty nice, okay. actually. All right, sun will come out, uh, but the only thing I can think it'll be it'll be chilly. But probably we'll have some more. It'll definitely be have uh, more impact than we've seen for a little while here, at least in some of the games. And that's something. Uh, running game. What's the impact for the running game? Yeah, we out of five uh, with five being the worst impact. Like it was really really bad, and zero being absolutely no worries whatsoever. I got it about a two, uh, and the only reason is it's a little bit colder. Uh, you might have some moisture out there with all of the rain and the the snow that will have melted, so it's going to be kind of a wet surface. Mm-hmm. And you uh, double that with the fact that it's cold out there, uh, you might have uh, a greasy football, so so to speak. Okay. So, two. All right. Minnesota maybe drops a few of those. Yeah, That'd be all right. That would be all right. The greasy footballs. I don't know I've heard that term <laughs> before, but I like it. Uh, passing game. And that's kind of on the similar similar scope here. And you, you couple the fact that it might be a little breezy the second half of the game. We're looking at a wind that will be picking up uh, 10 to 20 miles per hour. So a swirly wind, a greasy football, that makes for a, 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 mm. tough, a tough passing game. So I went with a Ooh. three. Uh, middle of the road. It's not terrible, but it's not great right at three. What, and, I'm, what I'm hearing Rusty say is more of an impact on the pass game. So you go with the running quarterback. <laughs> That's what Rusty's doing with the You could make that argument. You could make that argument. Uh, you talked about win. How's that going to impact the kicking game? Uh, I think it won't hurt it too much. Uh, I'm going with a two out of uh, out of five for the All kicking right. game. So I think I think that'll down be on the field. It'll probably somewhat be somewhat minimal. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think there's the, the swirling wind. Maybe a little bit. I probably could have went with three, but I just think the two seems about. So right. I'm assuming since it's really not going to get that cold, it actually probably will be pretty nice temperature-wise, player performance is not going to have a big impact on this one. Yeah, everything I've heard about the player performance and temperature-wise, you want it a little bit cooler anyway. So yeah. the, the only the only th- reason I have it at a two right now is because of the moisture uh, that might be lingering on the yeah. field. You know, a very early, uh, little, very early kind of uh, small precipitation chance, but overall uh, pretty low with a two. Yeah, that pr- probably close to ideal temperature-wise yeah. in, in the end for these guys. Last but not least, maybe the biggest one is just going to be uh, for the fans, probably the biggest impacts on, on the on the fans, their plans, what they're wearing, etc. for this game. Yeah, this is uh, more of a tailgating will be impacted more than the actual game itself. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to, I think the seats are going to be wet. You're going to be a little on the chilly side compared to where we've, where we've been the last several games at home. Uh, it's just going to be a different different feel. It's November, after all, so mm-hmm. it's going to be colder. It's going to have uh, a chill in the air. Uh, still not 
terribly cold. It's not like it's going to be bitterly cold. So I went with a three right in the middle. Uh, not going to impact it too much, but still, you'll notice it. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Overall draft, you add it all together. 12 out of 25. Yeah, right right down the middle. It's uh, it's uh, right. half and half there. It's, it's uh, higher than we've been. So yeah. uh, we'll see. Uh, it, it'll be kind of some variety. Uh, nice if you're going. Uh, nice if you're going to the game, maybe, <laughs> or maybe you just prefer it always be like it was last Saturday, which was legitimately perfect. I, don't, I, I was, it was. I was thinking about you during the game. I was like, I bet Rusty is not having to do a whole lot of no. like hard weather work. Right I was. Now. I was looking for you with my binoculars for like 20 <laughs> minutes. That's how busy I was. I'm not hard to find. I'm surprised you couldn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Rusty. I appreciate it. We'll be. Uh, we'll be following along with you uh, in case things get interesting overnight and into the morning hours. Yeah. Well, uh, that's going to be the focus of my day today is figuring out how much snow we're going to get overnight tonight, right. and we'll have more tonight on the news. Five, six, and ten. Watch Rusty, and of course, follow him on social media and uh, stay updated on what that weather situation for tomorrow morning will be. Thank you very much, Rusty. Talk to you next week. All sounds, right. Sounds good. All right. 824. We will grab a break. Uh, bring Mike Schaefer back in. We'll talk about Minnesota. Uh, is Minnesota this, uh, the same thing as Illinois when it comes to scheme, when it comes to talent, when it comes to the things that Nebraska is going to have to counter? Who are these guys? We'll talk about that coming up next with Opposition Disposition on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers... If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Snow altogether late tonight and into Saturday morning with light accumulations possible. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Do you know your foe? Well, we'll introduce you, but we can't guarantee you'll get along. It's the Friday Husker Tailgates Opposition Disposition on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIF. Welcome back, Friday Oscar Tailgate. Nebraska, Minnesota week. You know, it's a team, Nebraska fan. I don't know that it's quite at Wisconsin or Iowa levels in terms of a team that Nebraska fans would like to beat because of who they are. But I would say because of the recent history between the two teams, and because of P.J. Fleck and the feelings toward P.J. Fleck, it is Minnesota's crept up very close behind Iowa and Wisconsin. You think that's fair? I mean, they're, they're at a different... I, I would say the desire to beat this team because of who they are is much larger now than when Nebraska was a couple of years into the Big Ten. I am going to, to state something, and we'll see how you guys feel about this. I don't think Wisconsin fans care about Nebraska at all in the way that Nebraska cares about beating Wisconsin. Fair enough. Okay. Minnesota fans absolutely hated Scott Frost. They hate this Nebraska program. Like there is so much vitriol for Nebraska on the Minnesota message board. Really? It cracks me up like every single time. It's it's like I don't even know if I have a great analogy for it, but they just they feel like Nebraska doesn't care about them, so in response they're going to get real 
like snooty about how Nebraska's been really bad as of late. And then there was the fact that Frost couldn't go two seconds without making fun of PJ Fleck <laughs> for some reason or another, and yet uh, got out coached significantly for three straight years. So there was um, really a Scott Frost PJ Fleck thing. Oh, that yeah. was a that was a, a real thing. Well, the sloganeering, the you oh, know, yeah, PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck insulted his own team by saying culture beats talent. Mm. Uh, just stuff like that. Like it, they they were a weird dynamic, and they had been from like the very first day. And I never never quite understood what happened there. Uh, but yeah, the the Minnesota fan base. And then I'll never forget uh, Sid Hartman, who's now since passed, a longtime Minneapolis yeah. uh, columnist, like standing up and basically openly cheering for Minnesota in the press box in 20 is it 2015 no 2013 when uh Taylor Martinez came back is his last game of his career yeah and Nebraska lost up in Minneapolis and like Sid Hart like this was so important for him oh and Taylor was like hurt yeah. he barely could yeah because he couldn't run at all it was like the first win over Nebraska in like the last nine tries and Tom Osborne had won like 84 to nothing against Minnesota and <laughs> There's still like hurt feelings from About Sid that. Hartman and people up there, and it, <laughs> the whole thing is kind of comical. Yeah, I mean, it sounds. It's like they're they want so badly for Nebraska to reciprocate some level of interest that isn't just your coach is a dork, yeah. you know. Like that's the sort of Nebraska mentality to me. But the Nebraska minute, I mean, you can pick, uh, you can pick the Iowa series where listen, Nebraska come up short in a lot of series Mm -hmm. here for quite a while. But you could argue the entirety of the Minnesota Nebraska series where Nebraska's come up short has been to some degree maybe some good games, but some of the most painful. uh, I mean, you had the year where half of Minnesota's team had COVID and was out. And and Minnesota comes in well, and beats let's, Nebraska let's there. Walk through some of these games. Okay, hold on. Let me get let me get the series here. Uh there we go. I'm gonna pull the series up. So we can just go we can just go backwards. Okay. So last year I was at the game in Minneapolis. Yeah. Were you at that game? Oh yeah. I was at that game in Minneapolis and that was the you know, they Nebraska loses thirty twenty three. They got behind Early, you had the shotgun at the goal line mm-hmm. situation. Jockey ant um, trips under his own feet. Jo- Jockey ant trips, right? And then Austin Allen and Cam Taylor Britt kind of tried to bring Nebraska back yep. in the whole thing, but it, you can't stop Minnesota at the end. And and they did, you know, the oh, the quarterback run and the just the offense was. It seemed simple, but Nebraska wasn't stopping them. Nebraska loses thirty to twenty three. Year before that, that's the that is the COVID year. Um, and that was Nebraska went 24. 17 plays in between carries for Diedrich Mills when he was averaging like eight yards a carry. That's my second favorite interaction with Scott Frost I had in his time here. What was that? Because in the post game, because you couldn't actually go to post game, so you had to get in the queue and zoom. And I asked him what the game plan was when Minnesota was averaging giving up six yards a carry, and they didn't have a dedicated rushing game, and that was clearly the plan. And his answer was. We ran the ball. We did. We we executed our game plan. Yeah, seventeen plays in between carries for what was your most effective offensive weapon in the twenty twenty season? Mm-hmm. Twenty. He missed like five games in that season. By the way, yeah. Twenty nineteen was Hoodie Gate. Yep. Twenty nineteen. <laughs> One was... of my absolute favorite moments of the the series. Nebraska gets absolutely waxed. They look like they didn't show up remotely prepared, and the conversation is about how they don't want to wear hoodies before. 
pregame warm Every game of this series has something. Well, the first one was Scott Frost's first win. 2018, Nebraska has gone into the end of October and hasn't won a game yeah, yet. Every one of these games has some sort of weird story to <laughs> it. And, and, that, and it's still crazy to think about this. So Tanner Morgan came in in that game because that Annexted kid got hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tanner Morgan is a, a freshman. I think they were both freshmen that year. Tanner Morgan comes in in that game and actually plays pretty well, plays yeah. better than Annexted did. But here's the crazy thing. Tanner Morgan's still Minnesota's quarterback all these years later. Nebraska on that team had players like Divino Zigbo. <laughs> J.D. Spielman. <laughs> J.D. Spielman. Jack uh, Stanley Stoll. Morgan. Yep. J- th- those guys were all on that team. Luke Gifford. And y- you could make the argument that a few games in, you know, to October of of that year, that was the best the Scott Frost Nebraska uh, era ever looked, was that game. Yeah, that right? in the Illinois game. That in the, that in the Illinois game, right? Yep. Yeah, Devino Zippo. The only time the offense looked how people thought it was going to. Yes. Nebraska. 43 rushes for 383 yards that day. I think Zigbo uh, had four runs of over 40 yards. He had a touchdown of 40 like and 59 in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. So then you go and, and then you go to previous to that. You go um 2017. You go to 2017 and that was the that was the Emory Croft. God, that was Absolutely the one. Absolutely slicing and dicing. That felt like I mean, I could say this a million times afterwards, but that felt like a rock bottom that I had never been at. So, Nebraska lost at 54-21. Sitting in the press box, directly to her right is Nebraska's athletic uh, athletic suite reserved mm-hmm. for one Bill Moose. Mm-hmm. That's the famous uh, Croft breaks one out, and you just hear from your right a, a very loud voice just screaming, No! Wait, did, you, did you actually hear it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he claims... He claims he did not say it, but you, you multiple people you heard it. <laughs> multiple people heard. Fifty-four. That was. I remember that was the Horrible. first. That was one of the first times that I've ever said I can't watch this anymore. No. I had to. I had to stop. You know who Nebraska played the very next week? No, who was it Penn State? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the that was when I went to your house. That's when you it. you was the first game we ever holding, watched together while walking back from the bathroom in a hallway that couldn't view a TV, and they called holding. It was incredible. And Nebraska almost uh, almost came back and stole that game too. <laughs> they did not. That, yeah, they did. It was no, a close game. Go look. Go look. I'm not. We're not going to argue yeah, it right 20. now. Twenty. We got to go. Twenty sixteen. Nebraska wins twenty four seventeen. Right. Lincoln five started that game. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that happened in it. Nebraska just ran the ball a bunch. Nebraska completely rolls in uh, Mike Riley's first year, 48-25 in Minneapolis. Beat him down. Uh, But then Minnesota had two two wins. The game that got Bo Pelini fired. The Bo Pelini games, uh, 28-24. Minnesota won in Lincoln. I don't remember these games. Nebraska was ranked. DeMornay Pearson had a critical fumble in the fourth Uh, quarter. Yeah, and then you lost to Minneapolis in in 2013, 34-23 in that one, in 2013. And again... I got to tell you, I must be getting old, but I can't remember these games anymore. In 2013, uh, Rashid Hagman, I think, was the defensive lineman, just wrecked Nebraska from uh, the interior. Yeah, Nebraska lost that one 34-23. So anyway, all that said, uh, that's kind of been the history of the week. <laughs> Not too many great moments remembering that for Nebraska. But Minnesota comes in now. You know, I'm looking at Minnesota stats. I was looking at Minnesota stats getting ready for this. And and you, you kind of compare them. You say, all right, are they going to do what Illinois did in this game against Nebraska? Now, Ibrahim, I think, is a better running. There's a lot better chance you're going to see Ibrahim in the NFL than Chase Young. Agree? Mm, the, Chase 
Uh, uh, Chase, uh, Chase Brown. Uh, Chase Brown, sorry. I Chase Young's the so Ohio I, State. <laughs> I don't agree. I don't think either are going to have much of an NFL career, and here's why. Okay. They've both been used a ton oh, in college, yeah. and I just don't see NFL teams. Okay. Like, they might have a practice squad opportunity, but neither of them are super fast. The the things about them are they're they're durable. They can you can load them up carries wise, and they have the ability to run through some tackles. I guess I had the perception that Ibrahim uh, was Ibrahim uh, was the more I don't know was pre that Achilles injury maybe yeah maybe the 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 bigger one, uh, but you know his stats he's got a few less carries and he's been out for a little bit this year. If he was in the whole year, his stats would look very similar with probably a slightly higher average yep. than you saw from Chase yep. for for Illinois. Now, so you've got that, and you've got, um, and you've got them feeding him a ton. So that's incredibly similar. I think the biggest difference is that Tanner Morgan just hasn't been efficient as efficient as as Danny's son for Illinois uh, over this year, uh, and he's it's not been bad, but he is he fits that profile of the Big Ten West quarterback: sixty six percent completion, seven touchdowns. Five interceptions. Where you looked at Devito, and he was more like uh, he was a little higher completion percentage. He was more like, like he was more like eleven touchdowns to two two interceptions. Two interceptions. Yep. So that's the that's the biggest difference yep. I see with their offense than Illinois. So the 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 biggest thing, and I, I actually was trying to look at your screen here to see what his rushing numbers are. Here's where the concern is: playing Minnesota, they will run more RPO than Illinois, and RPO is a Big issue. Tons for of it last year. Tons of it yep. last year. Big issue for Nebraska's defense. They don't stay home very well with it. Uh, the edge gets sucked in almost every time. Whether it was Garrett Nelson, whether it's uh, whether it's Oshawn Mathis, or even last year Ben Stilley. So the the RPO has been an issue for Nebraska. Minnesota has run that very well. Minnesota play actions their tight ends really well. Nebraska has struggled to cover tight ends in this series <sighs> in its history. Uh, so those are the kind of the things that you know. Going in, that's sort of what you expect. I, I'm still baffled. This is a 16 point spread. Like I, I think Minnesota is a better team. I think Minnesota is going to win. Just mm-hmm. giving the preview of what my pick is going to be. Mm-hmm. I have a really tough time, barring Nebraska, you know, turning it over three times and giving short field. They want to bleed clock. They want to just run the ball. They don't want Tanner Morgan to throw it a lot. He's seven touchdowns to five interceptions. He hasn't been very good this year. Now in this series. He doesn't have a lot of incompletions because Nebraska hasn't put a lot of pressure on wide receivers. They don't have Chris Ottman Bell, right? Like so their their receiving core isn't particularly good. Yeah. They're a they're a much lesser version of an Illinois team in some respects than Nebraska just played. So it's it's kind of good that it lines up, but if Nebraska doesn't play the RPO very well, it could be a long game. Your tight end is far away, far and away your biggest, you know, yep. receiving threat on the t- 27 receptions. Brown Stevens has has 19. And Nebraska did very 18. well with the uh, with the uh, produced tight end. Um, yeah. Durham Payne, I yeah. think. Payne Durham. Yeah. Payne Durham. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. You've heard of two first name guys. Yeah, he's two, got two, two last, last names. names. <laughs> Which one am I supposed to pick? It's like Bull Durham versus the Durham Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I hadn't thought about that. Um, Okay, well, so so we've got that, and then you go to their defense. So, yeah, similar, but maybe some some key differences. Probably like you're, I think you're exactly right. More difficulty in the quarterback run game than you were going to see from Illinois, and and probably a more significant tight end play, but probably a less overall robust passing yeah. game um, is is probably kind of how you're going to you, uh, d- delineate between those two. And you don't look for them to try to hit you downfield, just like Illinois. They're going to look to hit. 
on those crossers. If on they're the same and, wide and open, and the tight end seam like that, yeah. that tight end seam on the Nebraska. RPO. Yeah. I mean, the, if if they looked at that Illinois film, they're going to say, "My goodness, we can get them." Over and over and over again for seven yeah, yards. Try to find those it can be it can then be second and three, right? Over mm-hmm. and over again, and then we're in good shape. Defensively, I mean, it's getting a little bit ridiculous to even look at the total defense standings now because it's just become Big Ten teams here at this it's point. A lot of bad teams. Illinois is your top defensive team statistically in the nation. Michigan is number three. Iowa is number five. Ohio State is number six, and Minnesota is number seven nationally so by the numbers by the numbers much like illinois they're one of the best defenses in the country right now do you see them mike as uh very comparable uh to to illinois defensively in not only what their resume is but kind of their style of how they're going to play against nebraska i i mean you go you go through their schedule and and they uh gave they shut out rutgers now, Rutgers' offense is, is uh, something, but they did that in Nebraska. Didn't shout out Rutgers. Uh, they did give up 45 to Penn State. They gave up 26 to that Illinois offense that Nebraska just saw. They gave up 20 points at home to Purdue, shut Michigan State down to seven, uh, beat maybe the worst power five. So basically, in their year. wins, they hold teams to under 10 points, and their losses are giving up 20 or more. Yeah. Like so, they're he's got they're a, they're a top ten defense in the sense that they've played more games against bad teams and they yeah. played games against good. Teams. God, it makes you wish Nebraska had Casey Thompson healthy. It makes you wish that Nebraska Man. just had baseline competence and you wouldn't be talking about a three and five. Man, team. <laughs> uh, we reward confidence on this show or competence. competence. We we with Com- confidence we reward confidence. Yeah, that too. Well, look at I mean these offenses. I mean Penn. St- God, some of the and they caught Michigan State at the right time because the, yeah. Michigan State struggled against Michigan a little bit, but they're a better team now than they were when they played Minnesota. Yeah, I mean they started out with New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, who was legit one of the worst Power Five teams of all time mm-hmm. at that point. Michigan State thirty four seven on the road, good win, yeah, good win. I mean at that point we were all like, okay, Minnesota's a team to beat in the Big and Ten then West Purdue this showed year. Up and they couldn't move the ball. And, yeah, it couldn't. They couldn't move the ball against that Purdue. Couldn't do defense. it against Illinois and a backup quarterback. Yep. Yep, and then and, Morgan. And, and Tanner Morgan got hurt, and then Penn State that really hurt him against Penn State, yep. obviously. Uh, but then they rebounded against Rutgers. So, God, guys, it's not man. <laughs> You're right, Mike. You can You're- draw an upset, and the way that it works is Nebraska is efficient on offense. You get more from Anthony Grant because you go in with the idea that you have to get more from Anthony Grant, and the defense. You know, they play a Big Ten style game. Like you, you get a lot of punts from our guy Brian Bruschini. You pin them deep. You don't give up easy throws to Tanner Morgan. You make yeah. them earn those you don't yards. Turn the ball. They over. shorten the game, which in essence makes it closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're a gambling person, you should look at the under for yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and let me ask you one question too. This is not necessarily opposition, but how can Anthony Grant be used better on this team? How can you get more? out of him and his talent because Nebraska's struggled to do that the entire conference season. Well, so it just feels like last week would have been a good time to try to have him tailing off of whatever you're doing with Trey Palmer. So you have all that attention on Trey Palmer, and if he's running a go route and he's clearing out space, try to get Anthony Grant in that area and and let him work one-on-one against a linebacker or a safety or whoever Mm -hmm. has to come up to cover him. Um, And they did that a little bit, and he had one nice catch in that game, and then it's kind of... Kind of went away from it. Like yeah. it, it just, I don't, 
I haven't felt like there's been a good job in balancing out the effort. And that's part of that is not Mark Whipple's MO. Like he mm-hmm. loads up a couple players and that's mm-hmm. really kind of where the focus goes. But what happens then is when the focus is off of those other guys, it's like, well, where are they at in the offense? Yeah. And then Nebraska's offensive line doesn't allow for enough consistency in the running game. And Anthony Grant has to do a better job of going north south. He got very, I mean, he took away a first down on a run. Because he cut back yeah. to try to go east-west. The I mean, amount of people that were hating me on Twitter for saying stop running lateral. Yeah. I was like, just go forward. Yep. And, and fall down forward, and that's better than... And a lot of people were going, oh, it was a bad spot. It, well, he ran backwards on his there own. There were a lot right. of well, bad spots. Well, the officiating game. is a different There were so many yeah, bad spots. Together. Yeah, there were. Um yeah, that's and and then my other question is, you know, Illinois did the thing where they put uh, that one one deep safety so deep, <laughs> like it looked like a punt center fielder, yeah, it looked like a punt returner on some of the plays, <laughs> and whatever it was, it you know it, it tended to work against Trey Palmer. I mean, they prevented Trey Palmer from going on fly patterns and getting open deep. Part of that, and you know, that might have been different if he had Casey Thompson in the entire game, or being a little more accurate when he had or some being, of those throws. Being yeah. accurate when you had it, but I also think at the beginning of the game, and it didn't last a whole real long because offense kind of went off the rails. But the beginning of the game, it loosened up the running yep. defense. Well, he had that bit. big run on the on yeah. the, along the sidelines, and some of that stems from if you take someone and you're playing your safety that deep. You know, it gives you a little bit of a number. He's game. not going to, yeah, he's not, that guy's not going to make a right. tackle till or if he Grant, is, you're ten, getting 10 yards down yards, the field. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, Minnesota's history actually got quite a history here. A lot of early success in the early 20th century. Got Minnesota was rolling it up on people in the early 1900s. We were talking about how Illinois did that. They actually, head coach Henry Williams in the early 1900s developed what's called the Minnesota shift. Which is quick line shifts, which remember when Bill Callahan came here and ran multiple guys in motion and everybody cheered in the spring game. He can thank Henry Williams for the Minnesota <laughs> shift, which was developed by him and, uh, and, and adopted widely. He also, this Henry Williams guy, he led Minnesota to one of the NS- NCAA's longest unbeaten streaks, 35 games from 1903 to 1905. So they were dominant then. Then fast forward 20 years to the 30s, Bernie Bierman becomes the Gophers head coach, and they're a dynasty at that point. 1934 to 1936, three straight titles. They're the last Division I team to do that. No Alabama, no Clemson, no Georgia, no Nebraska. Minnesota was the last team to do that. Minnesota in that went 28 straight games unbeaten, 21 of which were consecutive victories. Remember, they had ties then. Um, And uh, they also had a halfback named Bruce Smith, not that Bruce Smith, also won two more national championships in 1940 and 1941. Smith won the Heisman in 1941. So between 1932 and 1941, five national championships. Five national championships in that team. Then it gets a little mediocre in the 40s, 50s, 1960s. They get another national championship. Well, they got it because polling ended after the regular season ended. Why they did it that way, I have no idea. They get number one after the regular season. Then they go to the Rose Bowl and lose to Washington. But they're still crowned national champs after all of that. Then things go downhill. 1967, they go 8-2. and two. Not another eight-win season until 1999. That's how long this team fell apart. And a lot of times, guys, this is what people say. Is this what Nebraska is doing? Just time shifted a little bit later. 
which is a little terrifying. Yeah, well, they need to start winning games. All right, I apparently talked way too long about uh, Minnesota on the field because I already hear the music. Sorry, guys, no fight song this week. I apologize. But last thing I want to say. Ski you, ma, rah, rah, rah. Ski you, ma, I didn't get to talk about that. And the only other thing I want to mention, uh, the gopher mascot is actually a. Jerry Kill. A, <laughs> it's actually modeled after a ground squirrel, which is very, which is not a gopher. Those are different mm. things. Mm. So get your rodents right, please. We'd appreciate that. All right, 850, we'll take a break. we got our picks coming up next. Friday Husker Tailgate on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Snow altogether late tonight and into Saturday morning with light accumulations possible. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Bragging rights mean everything to these guys. So, let the trash talk begin. It's time to call your shot in the Friday Husker Tailgate Pickskin Picks of the Week. Brought to you by Exchange Bank. On 1499.3 KLIN. You know, just after I was getting a little cocky last week on the standings, Caleb decides to have a week. And now, uh, maybe my uh, best shot is uh, passing Mike up for second place in this whole thing. (laughs) Caleb gets five last week. Straight up wins for Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss. And then he adds two points. Because the Yukon Huskies yeah. pulled the upset against Boston College. Man, Boston College must be bad, you guys. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> Caleb is up at 36. Mike, well, he got Michigan correct. Uh, uh, excuse me, he got the Michigan State cover correct. Uh, That's and I think was- I only got that by the hook. You got it by half a point. Yeah. Yep. I looked at that and I went, oh, jeez. So while a lot of people were talking about the brawl in the uh, in the hallway... <laughs> Uh, Mike was uh, Mike was mainly worried about getting that one point, which kept him four points ahead of me. I did get two points. Uh, I got Ole Miss right, and I was also the closest mm-hmm. on Nebraska and Illinois. And we go to this week's games. Let's jump into it. We are starting, guys, in the Big Ten. It's the Charlie Jones game. He used to play for Iowa. Now he plays for Purdue. Iowa goes to West Lafayette. I don't know who's... One of these teams has to win this game, <laughs> and neither have been particularly great so far uh, over the last couple of weeks. Caleb, who do you got in this one? I have got Iowa in this one. You are going Iowa over Purdue. You think you're going to score enough points? I do. I think their offense somewhat came alive last week. All right. They uh, showed a pulse, is what we'll say. All right. Mike, you want the Hawkeyes? You want the Boilermakers? Fairly certain when consulting the uh, the email that I sent last night. <laughs> We're all doing the same thing right now. Uh, I went Purdue. All right. There you go. You are going Purdue. Uh, I've got Purdue as well on this one. So, Caleb, you are, uh, you're on your own on that one. Thank you both. All right. Does anybody want to do it? I threw this on here. I know it's a little bit. I mean, it could technically be called an upset, too, but it's kind of the primary game of this week and the most interesting game. Tennessee going to Georgia. Is Tennessee once and for all for real this year? If they win Georgia, I mean, you can start packing for the playoff for them. Caleb, who you got? I am going to go with the Volunteers. Really? Give me Tennessee in this one. Really? I am going with Tennessee as well. What? I am taking a free, easy point with Georgia at home. Come on. What do you think your percentage is when you say you're going to take a free, that's easy a point free, and you're in last that's place? That's an easy, breezy point for me. Me, I'm going to be listening right, to Gary girl. Danielson. Wow, it. Gary Danielson is blowout material in the third quarter. <laughs> 
hottest team in the nation, the Kansas State Wildcats, without Adrian Martinez, apparently. Texas at Kansas State this week. Does Kansas State keep it going, Caleb? I think they do. Give me give me Wildcats. Welcome. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't know. Is Kansas State, can they be this good? Can they be this good? They did Are lose they to better Tulane. without Adrian? Yeah. Quinn Ewers is going to throw multiple interceptions. Uh, they did They did lose to Tulane earlier this year, but I saw that backup come in. Tulane, against, very good. I, I saw very that well. backup come in against TCU after Adrian was kind of inexplicably out of that game, and I still don't quite know what the situation with him is, and I was like, this dude is really, really, really good. Like Adrian had been good too, but like so backup quarterbacks can come vi- in and have success? visually good to the point that I was kind of surprised he wasn't getting time already. ACC, everyone's talking about this game. Wake Forest at NC State. A couple of coaches that were sort of speculated on for Nebraska for a while. Let's take Wake Forest in this one. Dave Clawson, that's Ooh. my guy. All right, I'll go Wake too. Wake Forest. I also know that Schaefer's going to take Wake Forest. So <laughs> we're all going Wake on that one against NC State on the road. How about that? All right. Upset of the week. Who you got? Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top Tennessee plus the eight. Fine. Great. I'm going to get back in it this week. It's great. Love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Catching last. <laughs> I'm now. going. I don't even remember who they play. I don't know why I chose this game. I'm going BYU getting eight against Boise. Bo- wait, Boise's the underdog. No. Boise's the underdog. I've got this one too. I have got the same game. It's Boise. They're the underdog. I thought I saw and that it was, was the one that I. It wouldn't Boise. even no, make any sense. BYU is getting seven and a half. Boise is yeah. the favorite. Boise's that much of a favorite? Well, that's a great pick then. Are you uh, are you switching to BYU? No, and I'm not. Me? I'm not. I, no, because I'm I, glad that I did the research. You, and you, you did it right. I'm going to find the first minus. game. Because around the time you guys took both sides of the seat. I'm going to find the first one that's one a close of us game. was correct. Give me our army. I know we don't have the graphic for it. Give me our army giving seven to Air Force. You throw out the records when you get these two teams together. All right, score Nebraska Minnesota. What do you got? Minnesota twenty four ten. I believe I have Minnesota twenty one ten. Twenty one ten. I have got uh, Minnesota. Uh, 